from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Welcome to Guys We Fuck. The anti-slut shaming podcast. Yo, you having sex? I'm Christina Hutchinson. I'm Corinne Fisher. And I'm your boyfriend. Bring us your slutty, your horny, and your shame. Hey, you a slut? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about fucking. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Welcome to another fun-filled episode of Guys We Fucked. It's the Anti-Slut Shaming Podcast. I'm Corinne Fisher. I'm Christina Hutchinson. Welcome to the show. If you want to see us live in New York City, you're going to head over to the Linktree links in our bios on Instagram or the Guys We Fucked uh, Instagram, and you are going to click on it, and then you're going to go Purchase tickets to the Midnight Theater October 19th, which is a Thursday. Shows at 9.30 p.m. We've already started uh, moving tickets pretty quickly, so make sure to get on it because these live shows are so fun. They're so fun. Mikey Cascarelli will be there. That's right. You can participate. Um, it's yeah. so fun. And there's two ticket levels, uh, so if you want to be in the front like 10 bucks more you can participate or if you want to say keep me the fuck away from these ladies they're out of their minds yeah still good seats in the back of the theater absolutely and we hope to see you there um if you want to email us it's sorry about last night's show at gmail.com this first subject line says i don't want to be an abuser anymore Amazing. Good work. That's that's a good place to start. It's going to be a good fall for you. Yeah. Um, hi, I am a 29-year-old woman married to a 29-year-old man, and I have deep anger management issues. Mm. To preface this, I'm actively seeking help and have been for the past few years. Nice. This actually makes it extremely difficult to recognize my toxic behavior and allow it to bubble over and not feel like the absolute worst piece mm. of shit almost instantaneously. Like, why the fuck should I get the right to wallow? Right. Right. 
Uh, anyways, I have some clinically diagnosed mental issues and I find it pathetic that I almost always want to use that as a crutch, but I can't, I can't bear the thought of hurting the ones I've loved, but I have, and living with it is the hardest part of myself to accept. Mm, Yeah. We got to accept all the parts of ourselves. I've grown and matured from throwing pots and pans in the street and destroying entire rooms of furniture and walls, late teens, early twenties, but I still manage to let the heat of anger overtake my entire being to the point of self-destruction as well as physically lashing out on my husband twice in three years. Mm. The inner workings of our relationship and our individual past trauma therapy has followed us to... uh, to give us the space to try and work it out. But the self-doubt of, am I doing this for the right reason, inevitably rears its ugly head into the forefront of my thoughts, and I begin to feel like a manipulator. Mm. My parents were in an abusive relationship, and it makes me sick to think I will recycle this horrible coping mechanism. I'll cut myself off for now because it's feeling narcissistic. I don't really know why I am writing in this intimate part of myself, but maybe I'm putting my true intentions into the universe to manifest a better outcome. I wanted to write in some perspective from a fucked up brain. I hope it makes sense and opens up some dialogue. P.S. I don't excuse domestic violence and I'm not an apologist. What our family looks like most of the time. And then she included photos. photos. That's very cute. Yeah, I like this email a lot because um, there's a lot of people that are violent towards their partners and towards just objects in their home. And uh, we always hear from the person on the receiving end of the pot being thrown. Um, So I feel like we can understand the trouble and trauma around that. Um, And it's like with it's like with sexual assault. Like we we hear all the time from people who are sexually assaulted. And I feel like we have a pretty good understanding of like what happens to your psyche. But it's like, what about the person doing the thing? Mm -hmm. Like what's going on there? Because that's really where you make some headway. Yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, I, yeah. Cause I'm like, I guess you're not really looking, looking for advice. Obviously like you're working on it. That's incredible. Um, uh, I would be interested. I mean, obviously like part of the, it's stopping is you getting to the root of why you feel so angry. I'm guessing childhood things in your everyday life, you know, it seems like pretty deep rooted anger. Anger is an interesting one for me because I, Based on my personality, I think a lot of people would think I'm I'm pretty angry. I'm actually like very rarely angry. I'm I'm very angry about like world issues, but like in my personal like sphere, I don't really feel angry very often. I feel sad. My sadness replaces anger pretty yeah. pretty much consistently. I know you I feel, feel like anger a lot more. Anger and sadness. It sucks when it sucks to have your anger. There's so much shame attached to anger that results in um childlike behavior like mm. tantrums and stuff like you've seen me throw tantrums mm-hmm. like literally throwing something on the floor like a toddler it's so embarrassing doing it but you feel like your body's on fire and you don't know how to like regulate it's all about like learning i manage i imagine with i've never taken anger management classes but the trauma therapy that i've done is all about grounding your body and really feeling your feet on the floor and like feeling the stillness and a calmness like kind of going through your through your body in an energy field. And that's really the only way to, to take it out. But anger is, it's so frustrating because when you feel it come on and you try to repress it, it makes it worse. When you try to be like, I'm like road rage. I get road rage pretty bad. Mm. And I, the other day, (laughs) this fucking guy, oh, people drive like such twats in New York city. And so on a good day, I'm like, all right, Christina, we're not going to get mad. We're just going to see this as an opportunity to be patient. 
And I do. And I really do. And it's really valuable. It's very nice. It's like a nice little like nervous system exercise. And then other times somebody will drive like a twat and they'll just fucking cut me off like a piece of shit asshole with no blinker and expect me to move. Like, it's so annoying. And then so the other day I rolled down my window. I was like, I, I'm going to yell something at you and uh, let's try something new. So I rolled down my window and I said, I hope you get everything you ever want in life. <laughs> and honestly, totally dissolved the anger because I was like, that's fucking hilarious to yell that like you want the person to die. Do they have a confused look on their face? Uh, no, they just flicked me off. They oh. couldn't hear me. Oh, right. But, but you knew just for, what you were it, saying. Yeah, it was for me. It was yeah. for me to like, I'm like, what the fuck can dissipate this anger immediately? Yeah. There's not much, but laughter can do it. I just have to, you know, sometimes if someone tries to make me laugh when I'm mad, I get more mad, but it's <laughs> anger is I a get wild that. thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, also I, when I, when you talk to therapists, um, I don't know the, the specific language, but like basically in a nutshell, anger is not a core emotion. It's, a it's a, yeah, it, yeah. It's like, a, it's like a masking emotion almost. Yeah. So it definitely masks like sadness. For right. Sure. It's like a little wall. It's a very protective wall and, it, and it's anger is very energizing. Mm. It's very energetic and I like going fast. I like being energized. I don't like, be, like I hate being tired. I fucking hate being tired for some reason. I have a real big problem with being tired and, um, yeah, anger keeps you awake. <laughs> Simple as that. Interesting. There's a lot of benefits that are, aren't actually benefits, but, um, yeah, I guess anger is always, well, I, it masks sadness and it masks shame. I think it masks shame probably more. It's interesting because my brother and I were talking a lot about like emotions and like how we show them like uh, over the past couple of days. And we are always kind of very interested by people who throw things and stuff because like we're like we like we were just not like if we if we had threw something in our house growing up, we would be in so yep. much fucking trouble. So like yep. it, we never have done that in our lives because like it just since we were kids, it was never on the table. Yeah, we would we, just like the thought. Never even crossed my mind because of the amount of trouble I would have been in doing yeah. that. Yes. I saw my yes. parents throw shit and yeah. scream at each other yeah. and slam doors. I would get in trouble for slamming doors, but then my parents would do it all the time. So yeah. I'm like, fuck you, you fucking hypocrites. Like it made me so angry how hypocritical they were. Right. They were and and my dad had such a wild he did he doesn't anymore. I mean, I, don't, I haven't talked to him in a while, but like you know, towards like my late twenties and thirties, he, his temper is dissolved. But when I was a kid, oh my God, that man's temper was, so, it was scary. Like I would, he would chase me around the house. I thought he was going to fucking kill me. Yeah. Um, and so w I just witnessed it. So I'm like, oh, this is okay. Right. Like, it's just like, well, I guess this is how we deal with our feelings. <laughs> we just throw shit and yell, <laughs> but I don't like yelling. The yelling thing I don't like. I don't mind. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm very like, I'm, I don't like love it all the time, but like, I'm also not like if when it, I feel like there is a time and a place to yell like people, like, I don't, you know, like maybe not like in a professional setting, I'm not going to name names, um, <laughs> people who do, I think, you know who I'm talking about, but, um, uh, but I do think, um, that every now and then, like people who say like, we never yell at each other. I'm like, well, I think in a relationship, like it once in a blue moon. Yeah, you just passion. You need to yell at each other. Yeah, not all the time, but yeah. every now and again, like yeah, there's a fucking like if you're there. I think there's almost something more psychotic about always talking oh, to each yes. other in an even tempered thing. Yeah, that's because you have something yeah bubbling so under the surface that one day you're gonna fucking kill me in my sleep. You're, yeah, you're gonna kill your wife in your sleep, mm -hmm. and you're gonna go to a school and shoot it up. Like yeah. if that's the that's that fucking thing. Yeah, like because every now and then I like you know, like screaming at me with like a, a boyfriend, and I'll be like, oh, well, we both feel better now. 
it does sometimes feel good to yeah, yell. Fine. It, yeah, it's it's you know it's fucked about having anger issues like that. Especially, I mean, for the person, the woman who wrote us this, like yours are pretty extreme, but it's like anger also is you know it can be a, a good clue to like get somebody out of our lives or something. And it's like, it's so hard to decipher like what's healthy anger and what's like this really toxic anger. Like it's just, it's, it sucks. Cause then you're like, can I just not feel angry? If every time I feel angry, does that mean I have to like fucking do the floor exercise? No, but like sometimes anger is, anger is healthy. There's like, inju- if you like experienced an injustice or yeah, like, yeah. I mean like, yeah, I think like if you're never, like I think if you never feel angry on behalf of yourself or like your friends and family, then there's oh, also yes, something very angry about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I definitely get like more angry about like people doing stuff to people I love than me. It's like me, whatever. I'm, yeah, it's going to take a lot to penetrate me because I don't really think much of, you know, usually the people Other talking people. to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like a moot point really. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Thanks for offering us that. Did I just burp into the microphone? I liked it. Okay. Well, <laughs> I didn't. Sorry. Masculine. Um, it's coming out. You know what? Yeah. Um, it was like, you know when you go to talk and it just like oh, air yeah. comes out? It was like that. When um, I used to drink a lot of uh, Starbucks hot chocolate with whipped cream. I mean, I whoa. don't know what they're putting in that, but it was <laughs> burp, si- burp city. Wow. Really? <laughs> yeah. I That's why just, I had to stop drinking. I, I don't drink whipped cream from any of the like Starbucks. Oh, or, weird. Because it, 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 I think was they're, they're injecting it with air to get it fluffy. Oh. So you just have so much air in your system. And I said, no, That's we're not, not doing that anymore. That's not comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I do appreciate appreciate this perspective um from the person with the toxic anger that's and people can fucking change i really believe that you really can a lot of people do not want to uh they yes. just don't want to and so somebody who doesn't want to change abort abort the mission somebody who is interested in changing there is hope so that's that's nice to hear from somebody with these like toxic traits that is doing the work to dive in it sucks to look at the ugly parts of yourself man yeah it and sucks I, and it looks like she has a she's a kid and it's i i, yeah. feel, I feel like it's Cute like it's hopefully like you know you try to shield your kid from that as much as possible you like you know uh, not that like you know i think there is value in your in your child seeing something you work on something and resolve it but yeah. also like i think you know it's hard to understand anger and what it's coming from and it just feels like wild like even even like my do- you know even dogs are scared of anger you yeah. know yeah oh yes so. when i was in my like year of um basically disassociating mentally uh kevin was very so the worst part of one of the there's a lot of worst parts but one of them was like kevin was scared of me and i was like i'm a monster yeah and that took a lot of work to not feel bad for myself and just go deeper into the swamp dogs also also have a pretty short-term memory thank god thank god As Um, far as that kind of stuff is concerned, I think. Yeah. Although they do hold trauma, but you know, like, yeah, I mean, he definitely feels safe with me. Yeah. Rescue dogs. You like it, you know, you can always see like they can definitely come around faster than a, than a human. Yeah. This show is sponsored by better help. Getting stuff off your chest is incredible. It's so therapeutic. We all carry around different stressors. Some of them are big. Some of them are small. A lot of them are very big. Uh, But we keep them bottled up and it could start affecting us negatively. And then we act like a jerk to the people we love. And we're like, this is not how I want to be. Therapy has saved my life personally. There are so many benefits of it. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. Although if you have experienced major trauma, highly recommend. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designated to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you could switch at any time. 
Finding a therapist is like dating. They're not all going to work out in the first try. BetterHelp understands that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash guys to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash guys. Guys, the weather's getting warmer. It's time to say goodbye to your jackets and all your sweaters, and you got to refresh your wardrobe. Well, luckily... I found Quince, and now you have too, because you're listening to this. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And if you go to their website, the amount of categories, they have travel, lookbooks, men, women, home, babies, and kids – Their stuff is so cute. So I own a couple items from Quince, and one of them is the Italian leather hand-woven crossbody purse in green, emerald, and I get compliments on it all the time. It's a small purse, which I really love because then I don't put as many things in it. Um, Guys, Quince is amazing. They have very luxury items for very cheap prices. Get warm weather ready, baby, with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash GWF for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash GWF to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash GWF. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Guys, we're going on the road. We're going to be after you buy your th- ticket to see us in New York City on October 19th. Uh, I'm going to be in the following cities, Springville, Utah, October 20th and 21st, Bridgeport, Connecticut, November 2nd through 4th. I actually might be moving that one. I think the club fucked up on that one. Um, what club is that? Uh, Stress Factory. Oh, okay. But they gave me like the wrong room. And so I, that might be moved. Um, but what's not going to be moved is Chicago, <laughs> November 10th and 11th. And Nashville, Tennessee, November 12th, one night only. And then Springfield, Missouri, November 16th through the 18th. I'm very excited to go to these cities. And you can get those tickets at ChristinaHutchinson.com or go follow me on social media at Christina Hutch. Uh, it's in the link tree link. Um, actually, that's where it is more than my website. I got to put them on my website, which I'll do maybe later. Uh, and then if you go to Patreon.com slash Christina Hutchinson, uh, once a week I host group therapy. That's what I'm calling it now because I'm not a licensed therapist. And um, it's really a lovely space. And there's a lot of guys. I fucking love that. There's a lot of dudes in it. And I'm like, and we talk about a lot of stuff. Like talk about aliens. We talk about like sex work, like like the benefits of hiring a sex worker when you like haven't had sex in a while. We talk about living with a disability and people fucking looking at you like you need help all the time. And you're just like this way to make another person feel better, which is so fucked up. We talk about- Yeah, um, you should actively avoid people with a disability. That's what I do. Just, just ignore just, just to let everyone know I'm a great person. Ooh. I go, everyone's equal. Yes. Uh, yes. I, I run past I'm a an, person in a wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've talked about feeling suicidal, what to do about it. We've talked about uh, 
getting over somebody, getting under somebody. It's just a lot. It's a really good space for about an hour a week. So um, you could sign up at patreon.com slash Christina Hutchinson. And if you can't, I try to make it a different weekday every week um, just to give a little variety because everyone's schedule is so different. But if you can't make them, you can listen to the audio. It gets recorded and uploaded to the Patreon uh, after each session. Session. So Christina Hutchinson, uh, patreon.com slash Christina Hutchinson. And for me, if you're making your calendar for 2024, look at you. You're really on top of it. Well, you can see me, Washington, D.C. I'm at the D.C. Comedy Law, February 29th through March 2nd. That ticket link is already live. It's in the Linktree link in my bio on Instagram at Philanthropy Gal. It's also on my website, Corinne Fisher. Dot com. And uh, you can also listen to me on my weekly news podcast without a country. Um, a lot of people were messaging me about Russell Brand. Like, first of all, a lot of people were res- messaging me like, are you familiar with Russell Brand and have you heard of it? Guys, I don't know what, what? kind of kind of how <laughs> different you think America is from the UK, but we're we, uh, we look I at know the same he stuff. wasn't like our king the way he was your king, but Russell Brand was, was he UK's king? The, yeah. Uh, he, Russell Brand is very famous here too. So I just want to make that clear. We're very clear on who Russell Brand is. I mean, he was married to he one married of our princesses of pop, but like mm-hmm. get him to the up. Greek for getting Sarah Marshall. We we know he who Russell run. Brand is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're very familiar with who Russell Brand is. So, uh, yeah, because people are like, I don't know if you're going to talk about it. Like, yes, we're talking about it. Um, On last week's episode of Without a Country, I spent almost a whole episode uh, going into the article from the Sunday Times um, that uh, went into all the details of all his allegations. Uh, I am also going to watch the uh, In Plain Sight Dispatches piece from Channel 4. Like all Where these things. Where can you things. get that? You have to subscribe. You probably have to go behind a paint wall, but it's on. Oh. It's online. Okay. Um, but it was, yeah, it was, aired, aired, it was aired in the UK. And, um, you know, obviously I've been doing my now world famous rapist impressions and uh, commentaries. So, yeah, we I got very deep into the Russell Brand thing. I think it was uh, very interesting. And he, he's just especially his personality. He's such like a specific type of guy, you know? Yes. Oh, I'm a wellness guru. Are you? Okay. You think um, he really calls himself that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very into like the wellness space. Yeah, absolutely. And stop raping, even though he was raping. Uh, all those assaults occurred when he was like before he like reformed, right? Uh, I mean, I don't believe that he did reform. I think that right. was a performative, but yeah, yeah. I mean, cause he's one of those, you know, I mean, th- this also g- goes hand in hand though with my thoughts on sex addiction that I don't really believe it's a real thing. So, yeah. eh, you know, that's more of my own personal beliefs, but you know, because I think he's a great example of why I don't think it's a real thing. I think it's an excuse to victimize yourself so you can keep abusing. But again, that's a longer conversation and why I created the platform without a country. So I can talk for two hours straight about shit like this. And if you're not interested in that, you don't got to tune in, but we got a fun ass time. Um, also, uh, I was on uh, Fox News Saturday uh, Saturday night this uh, past weekend. Yeah. I'll post the clip and everything if you're interested. Uh, this is this is you know part of uh, I feel like my calling. I'm very into like this newscaster kind of thing. And Cat uh, Tim was hosting, who you've heard on the podcast. So I was on a panel with um, uh, Jim Florentine, who's another comedian, and this uh, man uh, Jonathan Morris, who is uh, used to be a pastor. And um, yeah, we just had an interesting conversation. Obviously, we started with lighter topics, but, you know, I I do think this really goes hand in hand with my theory of going to spaces where your voice will be heard because it's not the same voice that everyone's, you know, talking in kind of a thing. I know there's kind of been like a lot of 
discussion within the comedy community about people getting angry about comics going on Fox, especially like, you know, liberal leaning comics like myself. But I, you know, just from my background, I completely disagree with that. I think like more uh, left leaning comics need to go on Fox. And I think infiltrate the system. And also I really don't believe like, it's not like I think like angels are working at the desks on CNN. Half these companies are owned by the same fucking people anyway. But I think like, if you have a point of view and you feel confident in talking, like go to a space where your voice will be heard. Again, this is just my approach to life. Not everybody's. Um, and what was, there was one more thing that I wanted to say. Mm, I don't know what that was, but we'll get, we'll get to it later. But yeah, those are my, uh, my thoughts for this week. So tune into Without a Country. There's a YouTube channel, there's an Instagram and, uh, things have been popping there lately. So very proud of that show. Um, all right. Topics for this week. Oh, you, I see you have an Instagram. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting. It kind of relates to a little bit of what we're talking about, but I love, um, I mean, we had her on the podcast cause you follow her, Dr. Jess Taylor. Oh, yeah. Um, She really, she just has a lot of fucking interesting things to say that make me think about the way we word things so differently. Um, And she talks about how, like, we victim, like, we we really do people a disservice by, like, labeling them with these mental illnesses when really what we're looking at is, like, it's a response, which I always fucking thought. Like, there's so many people that are narcissistic leaning, Mm -hmm. you know, not full-blown narcissists, not full-blown sociopaths, but they have these, like, tendencies. And I think, um, like, uh, borderline personality disorder, um, that's a response to something but we're just saying like oh they're fucked up or like they could turn on you or they were bipolar disorder it's like i mean there's a, yeah so she has this post it was a while ago but i had saved it because i'm like this is an interesting um thing to just bring up in psychiatry there's there are no such thing as warmonger disorder domestic abuser disorder gaslighter disorder emotional manipulator disorder rapist disorder child abuser disorder i mean pedophilia you can say misogynist disorder racist disorder homophobe disorder exploiting the poor disorder polluting our rivers and seas disorder forcing people to work until they die disorder destroying communities disorder causing civil unrest disorder plunging people into poverty disorder and forcing populations to live in fear disorder but millions of people are diagnosed with anxiety disorder depressive disorder post-traumatic stress disorder personality disorders phobias Premenstrual dysphoric disorder. Whew, got that one. Gender dysphoria. Oh, is disorder. that just like, oh, that's okay. It's like PMDD. Yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah. a fucking extreme. Feels like psychosis. Um, attention deficit disorder. What does that tell you? It's time to wake up world. And so, yeah, it's just like, I really like her account because it really does. I'm always constantly searching for ways to think about the world differently because I do believe that like, I'm on this quest to, to genuinely feel this way, but like, the I think I've said this before on the show, like the people that are the most fucked up, that are the most abusive, like they do need the biggest hug. And I don't want to give them that hug, but I kind of I don't know. I kind of have this like inkling in me to like really understand people who do awful things more mm-hmm. so that it dissipates the the rage I feel towards them. Um, and so I've been kind of on this little mission with myself for a couple of years now. And now when people come to me, like a lot of friends have come to me lately with like so-and-so is, um, you know, you could say that they have narcissistic leaning tendencies and they're being like really emotionally abusive and uh-huh. ga- like gaslighting is such emotional abuse. It's, it's, and it, and it, and it, and it, and it really, um, 
I would normally get really rageful when somebody would tell me about somebody doing this. I'm like, how the fuck could they act like this? Mm -hmm. And now what's happening is people are telling me about this and they don't want to tell me about it anymore because I like have sympathy for the person that is gaslighting. Um, And I'm like, oh man, I I just see when you tell me about this person instead of like feeling anger and going, fuck them. I'm like, they're wounded with the person telling me that. So it's like an overcorrection. Yeah. 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 So I'll sway in the middle at one point, but I'm, I'm really interested in why fucked up people are fucked up. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's mostly because they just have like, you know, unresolved issues pretty much nine times out of 10. Yeah. I mean, that's what everything is like. That's why I like, I love giving relationship advice to like, to to all my friends because, you know, um, they, they always come you know, forward with like, what am I doing wrong? And I'm like, so little in relationships is about what the person thinks of you. And most of it is what the person thinks of, of themselves. themselves. And yes. it's almost disappointing to learn that because it just, it again, it goes links back into a topic that we were talking about a lot several months ago, which is that like, we are not special. Yep. It's really just like, you're finding another person who, who with which you will heal. Yeah. Like, and you're like, you're, when you think about it, you're like, no, oh, that's kind of disappointing. Cause it, you know, if it's not me, but like, you know, healing is cool. Yeah. It's really, it is cool. And and then, but then you realize like, oh, I was with an abusive person because I needed that. Like my, I was trying to heal. Like we're, the the amount of healing that people try to do unconsciously in a relate in a romantic relationship specifically is wild. So it's like you you, you know you would try like you know if three out of your last four partners were abusive towards you, what is it about you that likes that or that is co- not likes but is comfortable with that? Um, not to say that it's your, it's your fault, but it's like, how can we do some digging? That's a little more uncomfortable. You yeah. Know? I think there's also a certain part of you. I mean, to say it in unsavory terms that almost is making you pray yeah. for people who are abusive. I was actually having this a conversation with someone who was like, you know, she was asking me some questions because she was like, I actually don't trust my own instincts mm. because I have been in such traumatic relationships in the past. And, you know, of course that's not your fault, but I think, yeah, it's, it's, you're the common denominator. It's easy. You want to start exploring what is it about you that makes you, um, okay with this or like, uh, or like stay. a viable victim as a uh, slum flower who uh. I follow on, on Instagram, very interesting conversations was talking about. She was also talking about this, this, um, concept that as you become more confident and you become more self-actualized as a woman, less men will approach you. And I mean, Dude. I've known this since a young age. Like I, I very rarely get like get approached by men. And I was always thinking because I come off as intimidating. But when I saw You're this not, video yesterday, yeah. I was like, oh, it's actually, a. It, 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 I was like saying that you are not a viable victim. And that's why less men approach you because you, they can't pull their bullshit with you is what took it to the next level. And I was like, what an interesting observation that is interesting and i i would walk around a lot i used to think it's like oh am i don't do i not get hit on as much because i'm getting older but it's like i'm not one i'm not old and it doesn't i look better than i did when i was younger and uh it's fucking because i had this doughy deer-eyed look in my head of like will you save me yeah even though it wasn't like outwardly like but i was projecting that energetically a hundred percent yeah and i would get hit on all the time and i'm like wow i'm like a hot bitch 
But really, it's by, it was by these people that mm-hmm. like didn't want to do anything real. Like didn't want like. Well, that's why it's such a, a misconception. It's, it's like we talked about this a million times. But like, yeah, like guys aren't dating younger women. Yeah. Like, solely because of like, uh, oh, they have like a firmer body. Like, right. It's, it's just it, it because really it's doesn't easy, have any- It's easier. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's yes. why. Yes. Um. And so when you figure that out, it's everything. And I mean, I mean dating a younger man, I, I would imagine is easier too. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Once I did it, I, I, I was like, oh, I completely understand why uh, people do this. Um, but also you're you're getting a lot less of what you need emotionally. So you right. are you are sacrificing. sacrificing. Yeah. Whereas when a man dates a younger woman, they're kind of on the same, same. level. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And just so it's she's at the slum flower. It's a really great, a, a great follow if you want um, for relationship advice. There's very few people who. I honestly trust to follow with relationship advice because most people are giving out, I think, pretty jacked up, stupid advice. Um, and then my question for this week is this is from this was like circulating around, like I think TikTok. There's some kind of, you know, healer or in quotes therapist who likes to ask his clients this, but I thought it was an interesting question nonetheless. Um, the question is, and Mike, this is for you as well. Mm. Um and he says he likes to ask this to people because it tells you a lot about the, their core values. Mm. Um, if you were stuck in an internal in um, uh, an eternal loop of doing one thing, like not like an action, not like you know oh, nailing like a nail, rollerblading. no, not like nailing a nail, but like a, w- one experience that you had to continually experience for the rest of eternity, and you could only do this one thing for the rest of your life. What thing would you choose? an experience so yeah. it was more feelings based like it could be i mean falling in love um yeah i think that could be that a, would be the a, best thing ever I, just, I think that could be a, a passable that seems like maybe like a longer experience then right. but i mean again this is like i think i think it's like whatever comes to you first because mine came to me so quickly mine was spending time with alfred like no questions asked like a hundred percent yeah like right, very right, right. very i was like i because i kind of just I always see. go with like what comes to me first it's like chilling with Alfred. Like that's what, what, what's the one thing I would want to do for the rest of my life? Cause I, I just thought of really quickly, Definitely falling in love. what are my great, what are my great passions in life? Comedy, whatever. I'm like, I wouldn't want to do that for eternally on a loop. I wouldn't right. want to be on a stage doing stand up on an internal loop. That doesn't sound great. <laughs> it's like a nightmare. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, no, like, you know, playing with Alfred, hanging out with Alfred. What would be yours, Mike? Uh, absolutely. It would be playing baseball. Oh, 100%. You'd be so fucking jacked. Yeah. And tired. That's just like, I, I played, I got on a softball team this summer. Uh, and it was one of the first years I did that where I, I was like, I actively seeked out like an adult league with strangers or whatever. Yeah. And it was just a blast. We play every Saturday. That's awesome. It brought me back to being a kid. And like you said, I think that there were like, I, I did think for a second about other artistic things that I do, that mm-hmm. I like to do. Yeah. But there is a torturous element to because I, I was, <laughs> oh, right? Is there? Sure. Like yeah, I, just, 100%. I, I thought about it. And I was like, what would I want to be in a room writing for the rest of my life? Nope. I, and I was like, I don't know. But when I feel, when I'm on a baseball field, when I'm at first base and I'm just, you know, like, like waiting for the action to happen, <laughs> I feel so Alive. good. Yeah. Yeah. Good. It's just like, I'm, I'm very You're happy. You're great. Yeah. Right yeah. I love it. I, I loved playing baseball as yeah. a kid. I miss it. And it's one of the only things that I, I haven't been able to do 
since I like aged out of it. After high school, there is no, it's not like basketball. Yeah. You need 18 people to yeah. play a baseball uh, game. It's a lot. You can't just like go and yeah. shoot hoops or whatever. You could just play toss, but that's it. Like yeah. Catch, but that's it. Yeah. Oh so, my God. Wait, if you're ever in uh, California, my friend Jonesy, he plays on this baseball team, like it, where they dress up in old timey outfits. That's and awesome. They, they that's do a so whole, fun. Old, totally he he showed me the uniforms. They're so cute. It's like 1800 style. Great. Like, like some guy approached him because Jonesy does a lot of sports plays a lot of sports too yeah. in you know uh like you know chill leagues and he showed me the the uniform and i was like this is cute like the refs do it too yeah. and he's like people go and watch it like it just seemed like it, awesome. was, it just seems so cool he yeah, was telling yeah. us about it and we're like oh my god yeah. i would totally do that that yeah, sounds like yeah, a, yeah. a complete blast i don't know how much how well that fabric breathes but <laughs> not very well i would think but you yeah. feel so cool <laughs> they yeah. look so, everyone looks so handsome in the uniform that's awesome like old-timey mustaches like, and stuff yeah, like, yeah. oh that's yeah, cute I love it. I, I love it. Really fucking cute. Oh my gosh. I read um well the other thing I wanted to say was uh I didn't realize until now, but um one of the books I I always have like a bunch of self-help books kind of like playing at some points, like um, during my day when I'm driving. And one of them was like this really caught my eye. And I'm like, it's really helpful because we all have addictions to something, right? Mm -hmm. Approval, a drug, whatever the fuck it is. Likes on Instagram, whatever. Um, and most of us have multiple addictions. And um this author was like, you can't, you know, the energy of addiction is really powerful and really potent. Instead of trying to like suppress it, get addicted to good shit, like get addicted to healthy shit. And I've been getting addicted to like eating well and like making sure I'm meticulous. Like I'm on all these, I was seeing like an herbalist and I'm taking all this stuff, but I'm like really addicted to like fucking figuring out my eating. I'm like, oh shit. Wish someone fucking told me this years ago. Well, is this, so is this author saying that it's like actually like clinical addiction that we are all clinically addicted to something uh yeah i i don't know that he used the word clinical but um well the carter this carter stout book mm -hmm. i love one of my favorite books on addiction that i've read so far is we, we it's called we are all addicts mm -hmm. um talks about um you know an addiction is something that we kind of do on a loop um that we're like so a lot of times you don't even know you're doing it like mm -hmm. like when you fucking ugh, i hate when i do this when you close in the Instagram and, open app, it and then you just open it 10 point yeah. one yeah. seconds later, you're like, what the fuck? Obviously stupid, yeah. there's a team of engineers on Instagram getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to, to make you do that. Sure. But, but it's fucking frustrating. Nonetheless. You're doing so, a great job guys. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> salary well earned. Nailing it. Yeah. You're ruining your society. Thank you. Um, but yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So I'm just trying to channel that energy because it is like, like, and I'm getting addicted to playing drums. I'm fucking going to the drum studio like four days a week. I know you got to tell you, when are you, you got to bring the drum kit here, do a little debut <laughs> on the show. Yeah. I want to hear it. I, I'm pretty good. I can do Heart Shape Box as the only girl song that's like, you know, doable for a beginner. But I am obsessed. I'm like, let's get addicted to drums. And I go there for two hours and I fucking, oh, it's so good. Talk about anger. Shit. Bang a drum, baby. That's now, primal. Question. Is this like, cause is this like, purely hobby are you are you thinking of like using this in, I just in a know, greater sense did you, what like what inspired you to do this um i when i rollerblade i rollerblade a lot and i always like when i listen to music i just fucking air drum and i'm like i think you want to drum like yeah. i think you really want to drum christina my hands won't stop yeah and i'm like what the fuck is this i'm like i think you could be good at drumming and i've been taking lessons for six months and it's weird i've never had a skill like this i'm good at it and i do not have to try we're, I've never had a skill like that. You're naturally musically inclined. 
yeah singing yeah. piano yeah 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 but like piano takes practice but mm-hmm. like drums i'll do these drum patterns and i'm like graduating to each new pattern and i'm like i didn't even fucking rehearse this and i'm nailing it's just it rhythm like if you have rhythm you can you can learn how to be a drummer rhythm i guess yeah. no, I, I didn't think i had a lot of rhythm to be honest but mm-hmm. uh but i'll mm-hmm. like i'll as i'm doing these drum patterns in the lesson I'll be like, my brain is not thinking of what I'm doing, but I'm literally, Mm -hmm. it's like I'm witnessing myself nail it. And I'm like, whoa, how am I doing this? That means you have rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, do you um, drum too? uh, I mean, like I can, uh, Christine is probably tighter than I am at this point, but I can play. I mean, I grew up doing music stuff. So I mean like. The coolest is singing when you drum. So there is. Well, that's very That's No, I do that. You do it? I sing Heart Shape Box and and I fucking drum the whole thing. I sing the whole thing. Um, and it's so much fun because it's a five way independence. So every limb in your body is doing something yeah. different and your voice. So it's so, and my drum teacher was like, I think the only one, Sheila E and Karen yeah. Carpenter. I was going to say, I was Karen, like, Karen Carpenter, Carpenter yeah, was rated yeah. like the high, the, the best the drum drum of all time on the drums. when she was 19 yep. years Which old. Which is so sick. I'm Playboy like, magazine. Yes. Dude, that woman is the most insane drummer. And I did not She's know great. that until last summer. Yep. I'm like, how the fuck did I go this long without knowing Karen Carpenter was one of the greatest drummers of all time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drumming is so cool. It's the drummer's so always fun. the coolest member of the band. Yeah. Just, just fucking banging on shit in a rhythm is just so I always cathartic. love the drummer. The drummers also usually don't talk a lot, which yeah. in yeah. real life, which I Because they're relaxed, because drumming is a lot of fucking They're busy work. drumming, yeah. yeah. It is a lot of fun. Playing when music in general, when you start cooking. When like, you're in a pocket yeah. and you're fucking going, like I I was playing like the verse of the of Heart Shape Box because I was trying to do, um, <laughs> this is getting real nerdy, but uh, my I had my metronome to 100 BPM, yeah. which is a hard rhythm to play. For some reason, 100 Fair. is hard it's like dun, dun, or something and uh anyway i kept going too fast and i was fucking oh. and then there was about i did it for two hours i just played the verse 100 bpm and i didn't realize it was two hours straight and i'm like holy shit this channeling your addictive energy towards like cool stuff is the way to go like yeah. every i want everybody to know that if you are addicted to obviously there's a lot of chemical addictions that like you need like rehab and you know a, a medical team well that's why um, every recovering alcoholic i know loves fitness you know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you gotta yeah. get into something <laughs> I, every literally every i mean think like i can i can list off the top of my head 10 comics who quit drinking and all of a sudden are gym Pe- bunnies pecs. now yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah oh they have calf muscles yeah yeah Crazy. Yeah. yeah i've been lifting a lot of weights in my apartment but yeah Get addicted to good stuff. Just re- reca- reca- recalibrate yourself. Yeah. Um, You're right. addicted to like success. Yeah, but and I- productivity. I'm just, it's, yeah, but I'm like, I, I was just curious about like how they were defining that because yeah. it's not- it shouldn't ruin your life. It's not addicted in, in like, oh, I can't like, like do I something miss else or like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. like, it's not in the, it's not in the same sense as a, yeah, a substance. It's like, like you're abuse. taking, like the, I, can, I can still like take a break. <laughs> yeah. And you're, you're taking the toxic traits out of a lot of people's like toxic addictions to like, to, you know, a substance or sex or approval of men or whatever the fuck a person, whatever it is, take the toxic parts of that addiction out, but like really just channel that. It's just fucking laser focus. Yeah. Cause it's to me, fun to laser focus. Also, when I think about addiction, when it becomes true addiction or problematic addiction, uh, 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 to me, that's also defined as when the joy is stripped from it. Right. Oh yeah, and for sure. So for me, the uh, there is the my most of my main joy is from like achieving things there is no yeah. the only uh time it's stripped of joy is when other people try to tell me to relax and take a break and i go sounds like you're trying to distract me from uh <laughs> from, a fucking from achieving more stuff and i don't like that <laughs> so maybe you may mind your own fucking business <laughs> 
<laughs> so funny. Oh my god. Um, speaking of minding your own fucking business, that's um, not what today's not, guest. That's do. not what we're gonna do today. <laughs> we are gonna be right up in their business. I gotta say, this is one of my favorite interviews we've ever done because well, yeah, I great. learned about myself and the world, and I it just. I also it was very cathartic to speak. They're not that much older than us, but like a woman that more closer to my mother's age that was like sane, grounded, like really like just yeah, they exist. Had, yeah. It just it's always that's always nice for me. But anyway, you're gonna love this conversation. They're the stars of the Bravo TV show Sweet Home Oklahoma and the co-hosts of the podcast I've Had It. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Jennifer, Jennifer Welch and, and Angie Pump Sullivan. You melt me like spring. The trouble that roses bring Blooming out from the dark You stole my heart And it's still missing You lost your head Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Okay, we are here with Jennifer Welsh and Angie Pump Phillips. Sullivan. Sullivan. Why did I say Phillips? Oh, because I wrote that down as the other guest that I was misreading. <laughs> this is why I should write things fucking down. We are here with Jennifer Welch and Angie Pumps Sullivan. We're so excited to have you both. Why Pumps? Because her husband nicknames everyone, dogs, kids, everybody. <laughs> everyone gets a nickname. Everyone gets a nickname. <laughs> and so I was Angelina Pumpkin Tina. Oh, that's cute. And then I was Tina full of pumps. And for the last like 15 years, it's just been pumps. So it's like a pump of a pumpkin spice. Yeah. I mean, I wish it was something like, so I was telling them at lunch, I wish it was like me taking it from behind with like a big huge (laughs) guy and just pump, pump, pump. But it's just, it's, it could, you could change it. So pedestrian. I know that's what they were saying. I should change it. It's your nickname. (laughs) You know, you got to accept it. To like, you know, you did a stint in porn for a little bit. Yes. And you were the best at getting Shaquille (laughs) O'Neal. Whoa. Is that your dream? I I thought it was like, because just like looking cold into it, I was, I thought it was just because you have big knockers. I No, God, I wish I didn't have big knockers. I would get, I hate it. Really? It's always, the grass is always greener with breasts. Right. I feel. Oh, yeah. I know. Right. I would yeah. love to have little bitty mosquito bites. Yeah. That's what well, I have. Well, they say perky forever too. Very right. No, mine are the sag and dragons. That's what yeah. we affectionately <laughs> refer to them as. Yeah. I'm a D and I'm like, yeah, now I'm seeing the perks to the little ones. I know. Yeah. It was yeah. great when you're young and have rocket boobs. Right. But when you get to be my age, it's just something you have to wear a bra all the time and wear different clothes. Right. Right. Yeah. And jogging is just, I mean, forget about it, but I would imagine <laughs> with the sagging, it makes the jogging worse. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, we talked a little briefly before we turned the cameras on about like, you know, anything like that's going on in your life that you would be excited to talk about or something that's like on your mind. Um, Angie, you had mentioned that you are asexual, but then you corrected yourself and said, I just don't like dating, which I think is most people. Right. I would rather be asexual and sit home by myself and watch 48 hours than mm-hmm. I have to go out and date. Yeah. I mean, it just sounds horrific. When was the last time you did it? Uh, a year, two years. Has it been two years? Like two years. Okay. Yeah. Because that person ended up being married. Mm. Uh, that's yeah. a problem. And yeah. of course- Lied you, about it the whole time. How long did you date this person? This liar. <laughs> liar, liar. Yeah. Pants how, do, how long did you date lying, Larry? Probably about <laughs> six, seven months. Oh, that's we a good We dated him a few months and then <laughs> there was a break. And then we dated a few months. <laughs> and then she it was, broke so up it was with over him. about seven total, mm. probably six yeah. months or six months together, like nine months total. She broke up with him and then he sent her, she finds out she's married. He's he married, has a ring yeah. on Facebook. Yeah. She calls him, confronts him about it. He gives the story that, oh, no, I really am divorced. I just haven't told my coworkers. So I wear the <laughs> ring He's for still their feeling. You got, got double dude, down. Just say it. Double down. And then, wow. and then he sends her this Christmas gift. Stop. And yeah. they're little coasters <laughs> with inspirational quotes Stop on it. it. And I'm like, okay, so Damn. you were a mistress and you didn't even get That's the what Chanel she bag. You right. got shitty yeah. gifts as the what mistress. What were the quotes? Did you like, feel inspired I for the guy? No, it was yeah. like, there were funny, trying to be funny quotes, oh, I think. No. 
They were bad. It, it was, was a bad. bad gift. Jennifer looked him up on Amazon. She's like, oh my God, those are $10 a piece. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, no. Wow. I also, I'm also like so shocked that people in the age of technology think that they can you can't get, get away with it. Have We're a all... wife and a girlfriend. Like you have to put some preparation into that. Right. Yeah. So bad yeah. at cheating. Yeah. It's so stupid. There's, it's so, did you go to his house ever? No, we were long mm. distance, which made oh, it nice. Yeah, that yeah. makes it a little. But that, that made was it easier flag. for him. He kept inviting her, and she was like, "I'm going." He lived in Texas. She was like, "I'm going to Houston this weekend." Oh, he bumped it back. He bumped it back. Right. So then, when she called me with his story, because she called me under the guise, well, he he explained it to me, and I kind of believe him. And I'm like, "Oh, come." What was his yeah, reasoning? On. Work the coworkers. Oh, oh the coworkers. Yeah, just, oh, yeah. the bumping the back, bumping it back though. Bumping oh, the, oh, the bumping. Back. It was always work related. Oh, yes. okay. Yeah, yes. work related. Yeah. Yeah. So something you couldn't really question because you're like, ah, I don't know enough to know if that's right. True, I don't. I, I have no fun. idea. But, but every, I have a terrible picker. Every co- everything that he had with work. Remember, it was like this is the most important deal I've right. ever closed in my career. And then the next weekend, <laughs> right? This is the most important. Right. And I'm oh like, boy, God. he sure does close a lot of important deals. It's <laughs> wow. very yeah. important. Yeah. He doesn't so, give gifts like it. Yeah. But, no. yeah. <laughs> he does not get gifts <laughs> like it. Yeah. So I just, and plus I always pick bad. Like that was just another example of my bad picker. Did he ever comes, did he ever admit it? That's no, what I fucking can't still stand. to this day. You're no. still holding on to this yeah. denial. It's, yeah. so, it's so juvenile. It's so, so what, ridiculous. What was it about him in the picking process that you, uh, you originally gravitated towards him because of? Funny. And seem very easy mm. personality. Okay. Which so now like we know why. Yeah. Right. Because he's a cheater. Right. Yeah. He's very char- he likes laying down the charm. Mm. Right. He love bombs, I'm exactly. sure. Exactly. So mm. that's exactly what it was. Okay. Well, funny guys are not to be trusted, but they also know it's like <laughs> so powerful that they can do whatever they want. Right. Mm. Have you ever dated a comedian? No. Okay. Oh, you should try. Oh, really? I was going to say a hundred percent. Don't okay. do it. Well, I say yes. I <laughs> okay. Say yes. Why do you say yes? Because it, uh, if you do it with a grain of salt, I know you shouldn't date somebody with a grain of salt, but if you kind of just do it going, I don't know where this is going and you don't, there's don't cling to any outcome just on right. any, and just like maintain, you know, whatever your own boundaries and, and kind of how you want to maintain yourself in a relationship. But I don't know. They're just fun and funny and weird. And you could get say fucked up things to them. <laughs> You know, like dark humor. That like, is true. Yeah. yeah. Like I, when I, I'm a stand up. we're both stand-ups. And so when we, especially when you date another stand-up, you're like, let's just see how far we can go until the other one gets really uncomfortable and taps out. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you do, you're like, respectfully tap it out. We gotta stop. Oh, really? Yeah. That's it's kind of nice. Fun. Do you like being roasted at either of you in your own home? Does that sound fun to you? Well, I have three children. So yes. <laughs> That's true. I, I get it all the time. Yeah. Yes. The uh, disrespect. Why are, why are kids so mean to their parents? <laughs> That's a great question. I, don't, I mean, it's not that they're mean, <laughs> right. but it's Honest. like it happens to where when you have kids, you're cool, you're cool, you're cool. In your mind, you guys are cool. You're living in New York. And then all of a sudden you have a teenager right? and, and it's like their job you. to inform you you're not <laughs> dated and expired and not cool you wow. are. And that's right. just... That's just a part of the social contract. Wow. I mean, it's right. the changing of the guard. Right. And right, so right. that's what they do. They roast... Do you wow. feel like you internalize that at all? No. 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 Oh, okay. That's you good. Didn't, you yeah. know it's, well, you know you're cooler than them anyway, right? I mean, right. Totally. So it's fine. Like my old, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I think it's kind of funny. I mean, I remember <laughs> thinking my parents weren't cool. Right. And yeah. It's, now it's years my old. turn. Yeah. And it's just a part and it doesn't phase me. Full yeah. circle. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And then they'll think you're cool again when they get older. When the, you're the, like the, babysitting their grand, their children yeah. for them. <laughs> oh, that's When you're doing their work, their job. Yeah. Also, I feel like if you like don't care that they don't think you're cool, they'll probably think you're cool. Yeah. Right. Exactly. My oldest definitely thinks she's cool, but doesn't think I'm cool at all. How old are your kids? 
Mine are 23, 21, and 18. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, okay. So I have one at home still. The other two are in college, but he's never listened to our podcast, never once. And I'm like, I can't believe you haven't listened to the podcast. And he said, that's been the soundtrack of my life. Why would I want you to hear you and Jennifer bitching at each other? That's <laughs> <laughs> a point. Um, have you, have you had moments with your kids where like, like it's, do you have a trusting relationship with your kids where they can come and tell you stuff like, like fucked up stuff? They're like, ah, like yeah. pick me up at the party. I'm wasted or something like that or, or more. Yes. I was raised by a super hyper, uh, religious, you, you know, good girls don't do this. Good mm. girls don't do that. Sexist. All sexist. Yeah. The whole nine. So I've probably gone too far the other way because I've had to tell my daughter before, I'm not your friend. I don't want to hear this. And she's like, mom, you're my best friend. I'm like, I don't want to be your best friend. Yeah. Like, I don't need to know. Boundary. I don't know what's going, need to know the intimate details of everything. Yeah. But so I think, yes, I'm like, if you're going to drink, don't drive. If you want me to pick you up, fine. You have Uber on your phone. Like, mm-hmm. I know that you're going to do stuff that you're probably not supposed to. I just don't want you to die over it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Wise, wise. That's good. Because you give them a little bit of a leash and then they just, you know, see how far they can take it. And I don't know. Kids always like to test. But always. I feel like when the parent is super strict, the kid will rebel. Oh, when I went to college. Oh, my God. It was just like. Just getting shit-faced. Shit-faced. <laughs> I never had sex because it was Fucking like you're everybody. going to hell. Oh. And then I was oh, like. the hell. Oh, the hell. Yeah. The first time I well, had sex. Well, if God didn't want you to have sex, why would he make the holes? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> the first time I had sex, I remember thinking, like, is hell going to open? Like, when I was getting out <laughs> to the bathroom, I was like, is it going to open? And I'm going to be snatched. Whoa. <laughs> and all that. That's and terrifying. then I didn't. And I was like, oh, my God, this is fun. Yay, I can fuck. <laughs> I can fuck. It's great. So did That's you all really, talk. Did you hoe it up then? Did you, like, I, really? Because sometimes once you get it in, you're like, wait a second. I, I could get better at this. And yes. it could be more fun. Well, the first time so terrible anyway. I yeah. Feel like. yeah. Yeah. Mine was, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, I kind of did hoe it up a little bit. Good for you. <laughs> I did. Good for you. Are you, you both originally from Oklahoma? Yeah. 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 Okay. I was born in Dallas, moved to Oklahoma when I was around eight. Okay. Okay. And then, religious as well? No, my parents are atheists. <laughs> oh, wow. Which is so hard opposite. to come by. Yeah. yeah. Very hard in the South. Wow. Totally. I was raised in like the middle of the Bible Belt <gasps> by a complete a woman who completely holds religion in contempt Good and thinks her. it's a sign of a low IQ. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. Okay. So really opposite ends of the spectrum. Rob yeah. take. Which, did she have a bad experience with religion? I take it. Uh, so she was, she was raised by a crazy, uh, religious mother. She okay. was eight years old and her mother was like mm. just alcoholic borderline personality disorder. Oof. She lost a purse and at church, my mother was only eight. She prayed and prayed and prayed. God, you know how horrible my mother is. Please help me find this purse. She never found the purse. And this was like back in the maybe fifties or sixties in Dallas and kids would just hop on a public bus and go places. So my yeah. mom got on the bus, went to the library and started reading and learning about the source of religion. Cause she was like, did people really float around on a boat with two animals? Yeah. A 900 year old man. Did that really happen? Right. So she just is a voracious reader and she read and read and she was just like, Oh, this is bullshit. She's a truth seeker. <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so like I would get in trouble if I spent the night with a girlfriend and their family was really religious, which was every single one of my friends. Yeah. And, oh my and God. they always wanted to save me. Right. Oh, well, okay. So then they would say, well, ah. you go to church with us. And then I'd go home and my mother would go, Jennifer, I've told you not to go to church. So I mean, <laughs> two polar opposite childhoods. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Save you from what? That's what I, that's what I asked. <laughs> that's like, damnation. Oh, tell me. Yeah. No, I, they asked me damnation. when I was, these girls on my cheerleading squad, when I was 13, were like, 
Jennifer, do you go to church? And I said, no. And they said, have you ever been saved? And I said, from what? <laughs> from like a, no, a rock? No, like, they no. say, have you accepted Jesus mm. Christ to be your Lord and personal Savior? It's real evangelical in the South. Uh, yeah. So I raised, I'm like, no, I haven't. They're like, you're going to go to hell. You're going to go to hell. You're cool. going to burn. So I go home. I tell my mom, like, we've got to go to church. We have to get <laughs> saved. We have to, Jesus has to be our Lord and personal Savior. I'm going to burn in hell forever. My mother's like, oh, for God's sakes, Jennifer, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Ridiculous. That's emotional blackmail. That's true. Yeah. I mean, she, true, true, true. She, yeah, right. she was. She and was. So like, she saved you. Yeah. She saved you. <laughs> she Your mom did. You. Your atheist mother saved you. <laughs> she did. And, and, you know, there was a part, a time where I wanted to fit in, where I wanted to, because everybody, yeah. it, and I grew up in the suburbs of Oklahoma City, everybody's a Bible thumper. Yeah. Everybody goes to the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And they look down on you when you're not. Right. Like, I grew up in Virginia and the, the church thing, if you don't go to church, you are trash. Yeah. Yes. And it, but if you're not indoctrinated in it at a very young age, and then, you know, I'm 13, 14, I can critically think. Yeah. It was pitched to me. I tried to pick it up and I just, it sounded the same as any mythology yeah. that you mm -hmm. hear. So you sure. have to be indoctrinated at a very young age to believe an extraordinary claim like that. And I just wasn't at all. That's so awesome. I don't have any of that residue. Did I you have a lot of other residue? Right. <laughs> right. Lots of I make up for it in a ton of other areas, but that's not one area that I, that's awesome. I have total clarity about that. So when you, you grew up evangelist or just yes. like Christian. Okay. So was there a moment where you realized it was all, it was bullshit. Like the, the, because there's a lot of judgment yes. in your behavior. Like the women, the women can't be, Sluts for, for lack of a better word, right. like, or, or be loud or curse or any of this. It's very sexist. Um, so did you have a moment where you were like, wait a sec, I don't think this is my jam anymore. I think that it's slowly starting of started evolving for a long time. And then I would say probably three or four years ago, it kind of really hit oh, me. Shit. So yeah. recently. Yeah. Yeah. It's in your DNA. It's in your bones practically. Right. When you grow up with it like that. Right. But I was, I was very good about putting on the perfect the perfect daughter face mm -hmm. and then just being naughty as hell on Ooh. the side, but always had the big smile and did everything my mom wanted. You know what I mean? So yes, you kind of live a devil life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Did you feel guilt about that? No. Good. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Some Christian you are, but that's awesome. That's great. If you can yeah. get, if you can understand and give yourself that grace, that's perfect. So when you had the realization, like, did you have to tell, like, are your parents still alive or like when? Yes, they're still alive. You, and you, I would oh, never. Know you're a hoe? No. Good. My mother actually asked me, this is a true story. I had lived with my ex-husband for like six months before we got married. Mm -hmm. We were leaving the wedding dress shop. And she says to me in the car, and I was 27. I wasn't like a chicken, baby yeah. chicken. And she said, are you worthy of wearing the white dress? And I was like, yep. Well, she's asking you a virgin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was just like in my head going... Oh my God. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> it's just so they thought you were since I was 18. Cohabitating and just like get French kissing or what Holding did they think hands. was going down? She didn't know I was cohabitating. Oh, she didn't she even didn't know, know that. She part. thought I was living with another, with a girlfriend. Oh. Did she, so she, she know do you nothing. know for a fact that she didn't have sex before marriage? Or is, I mean, there's really no way to like hundred percent know, but like, is she claiming she didn't? No, she's never said that. Huh? So she's so, holding you to standards that she does not herself I live think, by. But she Christian. grew up super. <laughs> <laughs> she grew up super religious. My guess is, if she had sex before marriage, she would be feel very much shame about it. Yeah. Damn, it's such a the what that is a shame. Well, yeah. and the problem is these kids that grow up in that 
you know, evangelical world, they have sex and then to, you know, assuage their guilt, they immediately marry. Right. Mm -hmm. Because they've already done. And so it's, you have these kids that get married too young and the divorce rate's high and, you know, it's, it's a mess. That is a mess. Yeah. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. So you you were married, Jennifer, and you got divorced and then you got, you're back to being married. Yes. But you dealt with addiction and your partner had addiction. What, what, what was he addicted to and like, how did that show up? We get a lot of inquiries about like dating addicts and I always feel for people because addiction sucks and it's, and it's, yeah. it's hard when I imagine it's hard when you're on the other end of the relationship without the addiction to have empathy and compassion. It could be like, I, I think I could see it being easy getting really upset with that person, but how is your experience with it? So it's loving, you know, you think you're sold this, this bill of goods that love feels good. Love yeah. is supposed to feel good, mm-hmm. but loving an addict is excruciating. Mm-hmm. It's painful. Mm-hmm. Everything about it hurts if their addiction is not, you know, if, if it's totally flourishing. It's not contained, yeah. Yeah. So uh, my husband was addicted to alcohol, opiates, and um, the opiates really get their claws in people. And this was around if I you've just seen watched dopes. That, the yeah. Sackler doc. Yes. Holy shit. So they have ruined the country. <laughs> early 2000s, right before they're really starting to hammer down. And so a lot of this is prescribed by physicians. Yeah. Addiction is. And so then, of course, it's off to the races. And then I sent him to rehab a couple of times and we had a one-year-old. Mm. And that was really hard. Um, and How, the, what made, was there a bottom of the well moment? You know, I, I knew like you, his addiction was so, I mean, he's an attorney going to work, but you know, when you're living, I don't have the ability to just be in denial. Yeah. Like I could tell how dysfunctional he was. Mm. I could see that he was using something I was overtly aware of. Oh, so he wasn't telling you, was he telling you? Well, I mean, he, Josh, Josh is the type of person I'm like, Hey, you're, I mean, there's, 
part truths, part lies. Addicts never, they're not going to walk up and go, yes, I took 74 Percocets today. Right. And I'm totally addicted. Yeah. Otherwise getting them help might be easier. So yes, mm. addicts always Shame. lie, yeah. but they're, there is, they know that there's a part where they have to say, well, yeah, I did drink or yeah, I took a couple of painkillers. But anyway, he went to rehab a couple of times, we get married. We had, we had a kid first and then he goes to rehab and then we get married. We have another kid. Then he got uh, anxiety related to work and a doctor prescribed um, Xanax, which is a benzodiazepine. Is that addicting? addicting? Totally. Okay. Horrible. I mean, right up there with opiates. Oh, Xanax, I didn't know that. Xanax. Everybody and- pops Xannies all the time. I didn't know they were addicting. <laughs> Xanax yeah. and Clonopin are both benzodiazepines. They're both narcotics. And so yeah. he was prescribed benzodiazepines for stress. And he has the type of personality, one is good, 75 or better. Mm, so yeah, addict, yeah. That's the addict brain. And so begged him to get better, begged him to go to, back to rehab. He wouldn't. He wouldn't. So my final boundary was like, if you don't get sober... For me and these kids and for yourself, I'm going to divorce you. Yeah. And he's kind of like, fuck you. And that's what addicts do. Yeah. And so, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're resentful. You're mad. It hurts. You yeah. think, how could you pick drugs? Over your family. Over me. But it takes a long time to realize that the the addict part of their brain, it sits in the hypothalamus, which is where your fight or flight reflex is. Mm-hmm. So it is a survival thing for them. Mm-hmm. Nobody is choosing to, it's not so to black stay on and the white. drug. He didn't choose the drugs over me and the kids. Mm-hmm. He didn't choose to be an addict. For him, he felt he had to have those to survive. So I had to, in order to forgive him, so we divorced because mm-hmm. he wouldn't get sober, but then he finally said, hey, I want to go get help again. So the journey that I had to go through to understand that he didn't choose to be an addict. He didn't choose the drugs necessarily over me. That's It's a really hard thing to grasp, and yeah. you have to kind of dig into the science of it to understand mm. how he has a genetic component to it. And there's just so much more. It's so much more nuanced than, you know, you get clean now or these are your consequences. It's, mm-hmm. it's a very gray issue addiction, and it yeah. hurts people. But I had to understand the person who is hurting the most it's him. Really? Yeah. He's the, he's the sick person. He's the one with this disease. Yeah. And so it, it's tricky because if somebody has cancer, you feel empathy mm-hmm. for them. If somebody is an addict, you feel fucking pissed and you're you think they're lazy. You think they're, they're choosing yeah. this. And, and it's really a lot trickier than that. It, it, nobody, all of these people that have addiction or have struggled with addiction are not intentionally trying to piss everybody off. Oh, sure. Them. Yeah. You know, so it, it took me a while. Honestly, it was, I never, ever, ever thought I would say this ever. Cause I was so fucking mad and I had that resentment and it was fucking mine and mm. I earned it and I mm. wrapped it up with a bow and I'd pet that resentment. <laughs> uh-huh. But I'll tell uh-huh. you, and I never thought I'd say this, everything that happened and the, the depths that I had to go to, to learn forgiveness was really good for me. Yeah. Too. Because one thing that people don't get is I picked him. Yeah. So I've got, you know, I can't, his stuff was so massive. It was easy to be like, oh, Josh is fucked up and he's this terrible guy. But I picked him and kept taking him back. So something was clearly fucking wrong with me too. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe mine wasn't as overt. Mine was more covert. So we went through a lot of therapy and now we're in a great place and, you know, completely reconciled. We wow. have a son that's 20 that goes to Syracuse and we have a 17 year old that's a junior in high school at home Wow! and our kids are great. And 
you know, really good kids and hopefully they don't have the addict gene, but right, you know, right, something right. we openly talk about as a family. I never mm. lied to my kids. That's nice. When their dad went to rehab, I would just say, you know, he has problems. Yeah. They don't have anything to do with you. He had these before you were born. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I feel like I'm a better person because yeah. of all of that. And it was so painful. I'm just excruciating. <sighs> yeah. It's, it's such, it's so tempting to hold on to your anger. Oh, I oh loved my it God. in a sick way. I loved that. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> what the it was fuck so is it about it? Because you feel like you're getting justice for your pain in a way, yes, even though you were really it. holding yourself back. No, it's so toxic, but you, you get it and you get like, you get your claws into it. And it's like, I fucking earned this. These are my battle wounds, <sighs> motherfucker. Yeah. And yeah. You, you just cling on to that anger and resentment and alert getting to the other side of that and, Finding forgiveness, it's hard. Yeah. It but I bet it really feels hard. so much better, like, to to genuinely forgive. I think a lot of people prematurely forgive because they know logically yes. I should. Yeah. Right. But Easier. my God, like, uh, we talked about this on the podcast before. Like, I asked Corinne this question once. Like, how do you know you've really forgiven somebody? Because you, what if I want to forgive them? But, like, mm. every time their name gets brought up, I want to fucking wring their neck, you know? Yeah. I think you have to fake it till you make it with forgiveness. Yeah. I mm. think you you intellectually forgive first. But then your heart, like it, there's an emotional component. And so, I mean, I think it's a process forgiving somebody. And in order to forgive somebody, you have to see that their behavior that harmed you has changed and been addressed. There's so forgiveness is contingent upon so many different variables. Very true. Very true. Damn. And, I was. I, and then you, you worked with Josh, right? I did. So w- how did you, did you see it in the workplace? Like how, as like the best friend role, how did you, did the addiction affect you? You had inside info. Well, my, my husband was also at that time going through similar situations with addiction oh, and stuff. Wow. So I, I mean, I'm the worst because, <laughs> uh, I could never tell, like she, she would ask me, does Josh seem messed up? And I was like, no, my gosh, not at all. And then she'd walk in five minutes later and be like, oh, I think he's fucked up. And I was like, I had no idea. And then if he, he, he was good about admitting it, but no, he never, he never really. (laughs) Sorry. I'm usually so loud. It makes me nervous, but he, he didn't bring it at work. I mean, he kept, he was always on at work. Yeah. So it's hard for me to tell. As one, we're really good at high, like addicts can be really good because it is, I'm glad you said the survival thing. That is, that is what makes, um, like an addict is really good at getting whatever it is that they're addicted to. Like better, the skill of getting the thing that you're addicted to is very high and it's good, but it is survival based. It, it's and Darwinian. So it, addiction it, it is. relies on your husband's survival to not let it show at work. Right. That's so right. that he can keep the addiction up so that he can continue to have that, the, the life he thinks he's getting from it. Right. It's fascinating. Are there any tools that, you, that when you were going through therapy, couples therapy that like really stood out to you that were so helpful in getting through it? Here's the best thing. Mm-hmm. And this will piss anybody off. <laughs> that is it, like, I sent my husband to rehab mm-hmm. and I wanted him to come back and I wanted to get him in a room with a therapist and I was ready to just go, okay, let's go motherfucker. Yeah. I've got this and this, sure. and you did this and you need to get on your knees and cry for this. And I want snot slinging for that. So we get back, he gets back and we go and sit down with the therapist and the therapist goes, honestly, 
he has like a brain disease that's going to take about two years until he's even capable of sitting down and understanding this before really? his levels in his brain are back to normal. Wow. You need to let him focus on his recovery. And I was just like, <laughs> I don't want to do that. Are you fucking kidding me? I have so much shit built up. I mean, this is my time yeah. to fist pound. And she was right. She yeah. was one what do you do with that energy though? Percent right. It's so hard. Like you gotta like take a boxing. It is so yeah. it is so hard. So first and foremost, a lot of the crazy frenetic stuff has faded. But as a codependent, you've kind of gotten addicted to that frenetic yeah. addictive energy. Mm. And so you have to, you really the best advice I can give somebody is you go to therapy and figure out what is wrong with you that you picked this person and Oof. make yourself the best person you can be while simultaneously it takes the it's like the person had a brain injury and it takes a couple of years for the dopamine and serotonin levels to get recovered mm-hmm. yeah. from that then they're after a couple of years and face it two years go by pretty quickly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and then you you know and it, it's all it's a very gingerly process but you start to notice oh my god this person is starting to behave differently but you huh. don't when somebody gets home from rehab they're not Ta-da! Mm-hmm. I'm better. Fixed. They're still totally fucked up. They're just not using drugs. Right. That's right. it. I and mean, they have to reacclimate to work, to going out with friends, to what does that even look like? Probably you know? cranky because they don't have drugs anymore. <laughs> yeah. Very cranky. Yeah. They have to like be cranky for a while yeah. until sobriety, it fades away, I imagine. Sobriety does not equal sanity. No. Right. It doesn't. And I was deluded and naive mm. and I thought that... I mean, I dropped him off at rehab in Arizona the first time. I thought, nailed it. He'll be back <laughs> wow. in 30 days. We got this deal done. Yeah. It's it's a long process of forgiveness and learning self-love and so many facets that you have to, I mean, and it takes a lot of work from both parties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I, I don't feel drink really close anymore. to him. We, we do. That's a lot. We do. That's a lot to go through together and to come out on, to come out on the other side, like with love for each other is like. That's so intimate. It, it really is. Huh. It's very intimate. Wow. But it wasn't. I mean, I could have killed that yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> I, yeah. Lorena Bobbitt style. Uh-huh. Right, yeah, right, 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 right off the window. Oh, field. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I had that kind of anger in me. How did he make it up to you? I mean, uh, or is there, I guess, nothing to make up because it's a disease? I don't know. I well, feel like there should maybe still be something. He should, yeah, yeah, he should like try hard, like extra hard. Yeah. He does. It's, again, nothing... Nothing, not one act can make it up. Sure. But for many years now, every morning he brings me a cup of coffee while Mm -hmm. I'm in bed and puts it on my nightstand. Mm -hmm. That's very nice. And he does like, he knows that I like to go out and walk the dogs and he, you know, he likes, he knows I play pickleball all the time. He knows I like to have grapes in the refrigerator. Little Mm -hmm. things where you see this person is not a selfish motherfucker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. 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 Those little things to me are the are the most, but more than anything, what he's done is I see him quit focus. Addicts are incredibly selfish, both in their addiction. And then the recovery process is equally as selfish because mm. they have to solely focus on their recovery. Yeah. So as a person who loves one, you're like, well, God, now first it was all about drugs. Now it's all about these fucking meetings. What right. about me? <laughs> yeah, honestly, you, you need know? attention and affection and love and connection. Yeah. But you see after they're sober a while, then you see the selfishness start to recede some. Mm. And then he just does these really random, sweet, selfless things for me, sustained over a long period of time. And then it's like, 
you can start to exhale and you start to feel safe. Yeah. You know, and, and it's probably getting a dopamine or serotonin hit off of doing kind things for his wife. Like that feels good to be a good partner exactly. to somebody you love. It feels amazing. Exactly. And he's such a great guy anyway. You yeah. know what I mean? It was not, I didn't have to forgive him, but I'm just saying it was, he's a very easy person to love and to be around. Nice. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that makes it better. It does. Yeah. When their personality is good, it's like, all yeah. right, well, at least we have that baseline. <laughs> <Yes>. Right. <laughs> and also too, like, what is his personality off the drugs? Like, right. is it cha- like, was his personality drug and fueled to begin with or whatever? Right. You know, right. Got to figure those things out. Well, so you both, so you both now have said that you, you know, you, you had, it was your fault for picking or not your fault, but like you have to what's kind of up with you for picking figure them. out why you're picking people like that. And you've said you had a broken picker. Yes. So have, has there been any revelations based on your pickers? <laughs> Sounds like we're talking about dicks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously mine hasn't gotten much better. I don't think. Do you know what's wrong with it though? Or how it got to be that way. I've like, been told by my therapist, I have intimacy issues. Like okay. what, in what, what like flavor of intimacy? Like I hold people yeah. like in an intimate relationship. I like to. Yeah. So, and I'm not working on that. So that's one reason I don't date. <laughs> well, do you want Got other stuff to work on? Do you, do you want to work on it? Cause it's like, you don't really have to work on it if you don't want to. Yeah. No, I don't ever want to get married again. I'd like to have somebody to like go do fun st- stuff with, but only like once a month. That's yeah. My, that's, <laughs> that's my, nice. that's my perfect spot once yeah. a month. But that, yeah, I don't put a lot of time and energy into thinking about it. Do you stay in touch with your ex-husband in any way? Because you have kids. Well, so we have kids. Yeah. So, I mean, extremely sparse and rarely. Yeah. I mean, I see him at games. We're very civil. You wouldn't know. I mean, obviously you would know, but yeah, we don't have like a uh, acrimonious relationship. It's like, hey, how are you? Good to see you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That kind of thing. But we don't have any contact outside of the kids and they're so old now. I don't, we don't really have to have a lot of contact. Did you ever have experiences where your kids would like come home from his house and say something and you're like, God, I wish I didn't fucking hear that. Not that they meant to piss you right. off, but like, cause that like when you break up with somebody, like even if you're in the same career field and you see him around and you have mutual friends, you're like, I don't want to know anything. I don't want to, but when you have right. kids, like they're going to say stuff about their dad that you're like, Ugh. yeah, we'll see. I, I mean, I'm a divorce attorney, so I get all of that from people and I would always have very little sympathy for when it, uh, one of my clients would say, well, they came home from their moms this weekend and she said this and this and this. And in my head, mm-hmm. I would be thinking, I can get over it. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like whatever. And then, but my kids never spent the night with anyone, but they never spent the night with him. Okay. So they were always with me. So there was this one time that my son said something like, well, dad thinks da 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 And that I mean, the back to haunt me of all those years thinking it's not that big of a deal. I mean, it took all I could do not to football tackle him, get in my car, drive through his office, run over him because I was just like, how fucking dare you? Like, how dare you? Mm -hmm. And I can't remember what it was. That's how important it was. Right. Right. But, um, so I have a lot more sympathy for my clients now. That's I get it. I mean, I, I was like, okay, now I can have empathy for you because that you're right. It is a big deal and it does hurt. So, um, but yeah, it's. It, it's a, that's a minefield with yeah. the kids. Like if you get married and don't have kids and you get divorced, you can be like, You're peace out for, like, yeah. we don't you ever know, have to go to the grave without ever seeing that person right. again. But when you have kids, I mean, I just think like, we're going to be at the same weddings. Yeah. We're going to share the, the grandchildren. Ba- the for the babies. <laughs> like yeah. I'm never going to get right. rid of this fucking asshole. Right. <laughs> is there a way you can frame it in your head? So it's more enjoyable for you to be as in his presence or like, Here's one thing I will say. The opposite of love is not hate. It's ambivalence. And I am totally completely ambivalent. I mean, I want oh. the best for him. I used to wish him dead. Totally. And that's healthy. I had, yeah. like, I had yeah. like 
this is how I would murder him. I would yes. get a baseball bat. He would be asleep. Right. I had the whole thing Whoa. cleaned out. Yeah. The only thing that stopped me was I'd clean up the fucking mess. Yeah. Because yeah. I was like, no jury would convict me. They'd be like, girl, go. Yeah. But I would be the one that cleaned up my my physical mess and the emotional mess with my kids. And I don't even wish him dead anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm just like. Time? Don't time fu- work? Right. Time's helpful. Don't fuck with my kids. You're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is he, is he still ex- like, is there still those same behaviors or the, um, that he, that caused the marriage to end? Like, yes. So there's still kind of glaring. Yeah. So obviously yeah. he didn't like do the whole thing of like, no, going he didn't to the do desert the work and back and doing no. the work on himself. And no, then, no. Okay. Got it. Does um, he listen to the podcast? I'm afraid so. <laughs> Are you serious? All right. Fuck you, dude. That's petty. Get, get alive. What's yeah. so interesting is he will call my kid like over the summer when everybody was home, he would call and I'd hear my daughter say hello. And the next question, well, she's good. Yeah, the podcast is going good. And I was just Wait, like, Wait, what? What? I would immediately call her. I'm like, fuck? why the fuck does he care? And tell him what you said. It was so funny. <laughs> I was just like, you know, he's probably sitting there listening to the podcast and listening to us rag on him, beating off because he's a sick fuck. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the sickest ones Freaky. always, they like just like fast forward into hear a little bit about them. Yes. They love it. That's they, you're no, exactly right. They love yes. it. The narcissist. We, yes. we refer to him as the ex-husband or incidents where we were conducting investigations against him. You know, like full blown, you know, CIA style investigations. Right. And we, we mentioned these things in our podcast. I'm like, that sick fuck can't get enough. Yeah. He loves Damn. it. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. I'm so like giving him what he saying. needs. Between that and the, the guy that was married, I do see what you're saying with your picker. <laughs> the problem is me. Well, right. But it's more like, you know, shame, like getting on yourself, which isn't, I don't know that if you're doing this or not, you tell me, but like, you go, okay. So it's per- personal responsibility can't hurt. It can't hurt. Right. It can only help. Right. So like when you look back, I know Corinne was asking you this earlier, but like when you look back, was there, did you get what you needed from your, from your parents? Like emotionally? In some ways, yes. In some ways, no. Okay. I mean, it would just, I have to say there were a lot of things that were really, really good. Yeah. Really supportive parents thought I was the queen of the world, but I just ha- felt this incredible need to be perfect. And, mm. uh, I felt a lot of judgment. Right. Because you were saying there's Southern uh, religious Southern upraising Baptist, is yes. like girls have to be so goddamn. Right. That's, is that the one where they do? I know when I was growing up, they did the father daughter virginity dance thing. They didn't call it that, but like the dad gave the girl a, the purity con- ring. Purity oh, ring. Oh, yeah. Yes. That is no, so No, we didn't do that. Up. We weren't that it bad, but so it's still up. happening like, dad, right don't now. Govern my pussy. How about that one? <laughs> how, about, how about that dance? Get, get out, get your mind out of my vagina. Yeah. Yeah. No, there was a lot of, a lot of those messages, but not that particularly. But I mean, I, I do know people that have given their kids purity rings in the last 10 years. The fuck? It's not, not crazy. I know people, I love to, uh, just zoom in on Instagram at Southern people in my circle and see if they're wearing promise rings or purity rings. (laughs) I find it, it's really fun because I don't, I don't know. I'm just like obsessed with the, the fact that someone could be like, 26 and still hasn't felt a dick. I don't know. It's fascinating. It's, wild. it's interesting. And, and I'm like, we yeah, were just it's such a disservice. Right. I think it's really dangerous and too. It's gross. I think it's like yeah. the one thing that we're hardwired to do as a species is to reproduce, to perpetuate yeah. the species. Mm. So it's the one thing that like, it's an impulse. It's like breathing or eating. And we have all these hormones pumping through our bodies. And so yeah. to deny yourself those urges Especially for like religious shaming re- right. reasons, I think it's really dangerous to your 
you know, your time on earth moving forward oh because God, yeah. you've got to love your body. You've got to, you know, there's and well, kids are going to automatically go, well, God, if God is says this is bad or church says this is bad, I'm going to hell. I have these urges. So I am bad. Right. And you exactly. live your whole life from this. I am bad perspective. And that'll get you. You'll be hoeing it up in all the wrong places. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not religion, it's something else. But like, um, but uh, yeah, that's that's. Did you ever have like a come to Jesus? I don't mean to use that like a pun pun, but like with your parents of of kind of you, did you ever have the moment where you got to say fuck fuck these beliefs that you held the standards that you held me to? No, and I never okay. would. Okay, I mean I'm still. You I'm, don't have a desire to, it right? Seems. It's just she's how she is. Yeah, I, we have a pretty good like she doesn't listen to the podcast. Yeah, nice. we don't talk about it. Yeah, because cussing is. Right. It's right up there on the list of bad, bad character (laughs) traits. So funny. So, and that, you know, she did call me after she did listen to one and she was like, I just don't think anybody appreciates cussing and yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I was like, just don't listen. Yeah. Let's just make a deal. You don't listen. I won't talk about it. We're good to go. Yeah. And so it's been fine since then. Nice. It's so funny. Like your mom and your dad are always your mom and dad. Right. It just really totally. never change. Never age out. Right. Of that, you know, ever. you keep like I keep waiting to be like, you know, like I'm a fully an adult. I own a home. I've started a business. And then you're like, okay, well, I'm just always gonna let my mom, you know, mom, be my yeah. mom. Right. You know, there's that's like what that's her job. Let her and, get that joy. And I'm right. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, why am I trying to even stop it? It's always gonna be like that. Right. Yes. And I don't think I think my mom doesn't has no desire to change. And it's like, I'm not going to drag her to therapy. And it's just, everybody's good where we are now. Right. Yeah. It's fine. It's never going to be perfect, but I don't know that anything's perfect. Well, being human is to be fucked in some some way. Fucking up something all the time. Yeah. 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 Well, it's even interesting to hear um, you both talk about childhood trauma because I feel like that's like a very like millennial, like the millennials, like we kind of were the people people to be like, I have childhood trauma and I'm doing all this mental health work and like screaming it from the rooftop. But like, did you, were you inspired by millennials or this is just like your own thing that you found, you did the work by yourselves? No. It wasn't so, like a period of time. I mean, that's stuff with the addiction. So, like- I mean, like. Millennials didn't discover therapy. No, right. I know that. <laughs> I know we didn't discover it. We were all in therapy while the millennials were still relax, Mike. Little kids at home, but like our generation, we were raised by boomers, and like right. my dad fought in Vietnam, and there's a whole generation of men that have come home, sure, had families, and raised their families with undiagnosed PTSD. PTSD. Right, yeah. yeah, it was very real, and so. I think that we're Gen Xers and I think that our generation started a little bit more so than maybe the boomers did with yeah. therapy. Yes. Although my mother, I think boomers had therapy. the atheist. I don't even think they did. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. 
Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Well, to bring or up it, therapy to like our it's when, parents, it's, is, when, it's like it's like you're crazy. Gynecologists like, were like like making like masturbating women in, for their appointments for hysteria. Like that was the boomers. <laughs> that's what they were totally. dealing with. Yeah. But my mother, like she, she went to see a therapist. And so I, you know, again, I was raised by this incredibly That's progressive awesome. person. Yeah. And cause she was trying to understand her mother's borderline personality disorder right. and alcoholism. And then, you know, of course, then she marries my dad and my parents are still married. I love my dad dearly, but there's no question he has undiagnosed PTSD, right. which is why my picker's broken. <laughs> Intimacy uh. issues the whole night. So I had to dig into that. Um, so, you know, but I will say this about therapy. I ha- I went and I went and I finally had to tell my therapist, I'm good. Yeah. I can't come in here and nitpick everything because they're just going to take your money totally. every week over mm-hmm. and over. And so once I had all of the big issues settled mm-hmm. and I had enough tools in my to- toolbox to like self-soothe and resolve sure. my own conflict resolution, then I don't go that frequently anymore yeah. because I noticed when I went frequently – I was riled up about stuff that mm-hmm. I didn't need to be like, what about this? And my boundary here and my boundary there, instead of just don't sweat the small stuff, sis power through life. Yeah. Water off a duck's back, you know? And so yeah. that's, that was really hard for me to absorb, but now, I mean, I'm doing all right. That's great. Yeah. You definitely got to take breaks and, and, and go back to it if you need to. But yeah, sometimes you're like, all right, I talk this out. I want to fucking, I need to like stare at a wall for a year. <laughs> You know, exactly. like it's so exhausting. It's, it it's, it's exhausting. exhausting to think about yourself all the goddamn it is. time. It is. It oh, is exhausting. Yeah. It's Ooh. not good. Well, that, that, no. that, that's kind of what I mean by like millennials became obsessed yeah. with right. like wellness and mental health. And it's kind of like all you talk about and almost like, like every issue fun, is blamed on some disorder, a personality disorder right. or uh, something that happened a long time ago. And you're like, okay, so it's, but I, there has to be some kind of a middle ground here. I it's like we acknowledge you. what happened, that it was bad. We acknowledge what's going on in our heads that's broken, whether we can fix it or not, or kind of just learn to live with it. And then, but how do we still be a decent person and not get all that shit on other people? No, I agree. I agree with you. I think that there's a happy medium there. I think people can like the art of going to therapy can become almost addictive oh, and labeling right. everybody. And I've been I even start felt right. feeling yes. myself. I was like, I was like, I can't wait to talk to Kirsten. And then, yes. and when that happened, I was like, we're going to push that appointment because you need to learn how to get through this. And, and it's like, you're, you're so right. It's like, you start worrying about things. That's like, this is unnecessary to worry right. about Just picking shit to pick shit. Yeah. Pick shit. Yeah. I, you're like, I don't need to spend $150 on why someone 
was mean to me. Right. You know? Because I'm, people suck. That's why I'm they well, right. seven years old. Shit. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Once you realize nothing is personal and it's all on the, like if somebody's being an asshole, it's, it's whatever's going Liberty. on in their right. life. And it's not your responsibility to figure it out. If you don't have the desire to, then fine. Like, then your life gets a lot easier. Not taking things personally is like kind of the key. I, right. I realized. Yeah. It's kryptonite. It, is. it yeah. really is. My daughter is, uh, she's a big therapy person. She's a big mental health person and she's very committed to it. She's in, she wants to be a therapist so mm-hmm. she's in school and all that. But I always get nervous when I'm like, Hey, how was your day? Oh, I just had a great session with my therapist. I mean, it was great. And I'm always like, if you're getting a high off right, of it, like, up. And I keep telling her all the time, like anxiety-free life is not a destination. Yeah. It's not like an island that you get to take your boat out to. I wish, it, yeah. I mean, it's <sighs> just sick. a little bit of progress all the time. Sure. Everybody has anxiety every day, all day long. Yeah. It's how you deal with it. But yeah, that's so funny that you said that. Like, I'm looking forward to my therapist. It's reminding me of her. Yeah. <laughs> I just had the best. Well, she's like, like, I want therapy today. I yeah, think it's like that thing, with, with yeah. activism too. I, I was listening to this really interesting podcast called The Witch Trials of J.K. Rowling. And uh, oh. she was talking, I don't know if it was J.K. was talking about this or one, the host. That's a good um, one, yeah. It, but they were like, if you get a high off of, act- in terms of activism, like if you're marching on the streets and you get a rush from your activism, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. And like, I'm like, oh, it took me a minute to think about that because the only thing I see is people getting highs off of their activism or kind of like boasting about it. Not that it's a bad thing to boast about, but like kind of in it for the wrong reasons or tying their self-esteem to the cause or something or being too invested into the cause. Like you need to have some healthy amount of the distance and I think it's like that with mental health too. Like you got to have, I agree. you got to fucking chill on the mental health <laughs> stuff. Just go through, run through a field. Um, I really want to talk about a topic that we've not talked about on the show, but I'm obsessed with this topic because I don't fucking know anything about it. Menopause. Oh, and I hear women, when I hear women talk about it, I'm like, it's, it is a, a crime that this is not talked about often because then when I hear women like have perimenopause and stuff or they have it early or when they do have it, they're like, no one fucking told me any of this shit. Right. And then a lot of women, when they have give birth for the first time, they're like, no one told me about X, Y, Z part of giving birth or like that this might happen. I'm like, women are so misinformed with what happens in their bodies. So I wanted to ask you if you have experience with that and what is it and what, yeah, I just want to talk about it. Well, I got a hysterectomy when I was 40. Okay. So I had never taken hormones, nothing. So I just, this last year, well, Jennifer sent me because I was like on Ozempic and I couldn't lose weight. And I'm like, what the fuck is mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, you need so to you get diabetes. Like three months and didn't lose it. Not one pound. Like, you have got to go see somebody. Right. You've got to go see a doctor. doctor on I've on looks like a crackhead. On <laughs> How have you not lost any weight? <laughs> so I, I saw this endocrinologist. Yeah. She took on my blood work and she was like, do you feel tired? Do you feel brain fog? Do you feel low energy? Do you feel like you can't focus? And I'm like, no, I mean, I, I mean, I guess I probably could, but that's just how, you know, I just thought that's what this was. That was normal. So we get all my blood work back and it's like, you have no hormones, nothing, none, none. So they put pellets in my ass (laughs) and I'm not kidding you. Like within three days, I was like, let's conquer the world. Let's concentrate for six hours. The brain fog was gone. Cocaine. No, it's estrogen and testosterone. Oh. And then I take a progesterone pill, but because I had just like no hormones and I didn't realize I could have felt this great this whole time, 13 Whoa. years later. I know. I want these pellets. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. So what was, Are they what, OTC? Was hap- What's happening? what was happening in your body that you didn't have any of those? Hormones well, I had like, I mean, like no not, not to be crude, but I had no <laughs> oh. uterus. I had right. well, like no, no I mean, that's, that's, yeah. but like vaginal dryness, yeah. uh, 
but all that stuff that when you're mm. asexual slash not seeing when, when you had sex with the married guy. No, 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 no. Did you use real wet for him? No, no, no. How did you <laughs> no, do no, it? No, I mean it was that was enough, but there were just other dryness issues that I noticed. Like chafe, like you like know what? He spit in it. <laughs> <laughs> And it was like hearing but a coin hit the bottom of the can. Issues. Like when you would wipe, sometimes it would get oh. super dry okay, and, yeah. and all that. And so mm. I was just like, not like chafing really. But or like just, if toilet paper hurt to use. Yes, yeah, 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 just I stuff like that. And so mm. when I saw her, she was just like, oh my God. And I'm not, I mean, I think everyone should have their hormones checked. I'm yeah, like a raw, that. raw, been, raw yeah, person I have a lot for of it. ovary issues. So I gotta, I gotta mm. do that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But I did, since I had like the rapid hormone menopause thing at 40 and I didn't take hormones. I did get, like, I remember one time I was walking out in my backyard mm-hmm. and I was so fucking hot that I just jumped in my pool fully clothed. Yeah. I was just like, I <laughs> fuck this. Let's fuck go. this. Yeah. I'm so hot. And I would like, it, it's bad. Yeah. I have some, some of my uh, female friends, they'll have hot flashes and it's all of a sudden the, their skin, right. they just go from cold to sweating. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, yo, what the fuck is that? They're like, oh, it's a hot flash. I'm like, right. what the fuck? What? So I, yeah, I just, it's crazy that we, this is not talked about like, yeah, like with All the, the experience of it. Yeah. Because every, every woman has it at some point. Right. But right. I do, it surprises me every time I see Jennifer and she's like, oh, I'm on my period. I'm like, you still have a period. So you have an experience. Yeah. Not yet. Some no. women experience in their thirties. That's, I think that's yes, perimenopause. Yeah. Well, yeah, right. I believe it's Naomi Watts. Like, we were, we were in a movie, but Christina hasn't seen it yet. Cause she was out of town during the premiere, but yeah. It, so in periodical, they talk about that. And it's, I believe it's Naomi Watts who comes on and Love she her. got, she got the first signs of menopause in her thirties. And that's yeah. why I was like, I need to learn about it now. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. just in case, cause For you don't real. know, oftentimes they said it basically mirrors when your mother started going through menopause. Oh, my so mom had to, a me. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, yeah mine so too. I was like, yeah, I'm, to I'm 49 and I still have monthly periods. So, okay. Yeah. Are they, do they get bad periods? Did you ever have, I have bad an periods? IUD? Oh, I have okay. horrible periods, but I've had an IUD that I get every five years. And so okay. it makes them very mild, but right. I had horrible periods, horrible yeah. cramps, but I still have a spot, you know, once every 30 days. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I gotta get my hormones checked. Me too. Yeah. It's a game changer. Yeah. Cause I didn't realize that testosterone is what keeps your mind clear, which cracks me Ugh, up because what? you wouldn't think so I mean, dumb. when she was like that testosterone, <laughs> what? I mean, men are stupid, but, um, <laughs> no, I mean, she was like, you don't have brain fog or anything. And I was like, I mean, not really. And I mean, I swear to God, you didn't think you did. I didn't think I did. Didn't cause know that's what I went, like but I mean, side. I was just like, Wow. And the pill, they, they put pellets up your butt, not up your butt. Oh. They make a little incision in like your butt cheek. Oh, and they just slide it in, and they put like you on an ice pack. You were anally for- ingesting this medicine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it was like in your ass. Yeah, no, no it's just like in the fatty part of your ass. It's not in her sphincter, but it's right. in her. It's ass. in my ass. Make no mistake, like on your butt cheek. And they right. put it in once every three months. Wow. Oh, cool. Yeah, Modern feel- medicine. Okay, I'm it's gonna get so you easy. just as far. I'm gonna do that tomorrow. I'm gonna get my hormones checked. Get a pellet in your ass. Yeah. Get a pellet in your yeah. ass. I'll just get in the office and bend over and like, what are you doing? Oh, sorry, not yet. Okay, go on. Hmm. Um, yeah. Can you take, wait, so can you take testosterone as a woman to clear your mind? I mean, it feels like if you're low on it, my doctor has to be low on tea. Yeah. yeah, You would have to take it, but I will tell you, I didn't, I haven't had like breaking out or anything, but I have noticed like I was having looking, I was asking my lash girl, I was like, do you, do you need to wax my lip? And she was like, oh my gosh, it's awful. (laughs) So I had like a full mustache. Thanks, bitch. Yeah, but I don't, maybe I would have had that anyway. I don't know. Right, yeah, who knows? You know, at 53, you just, you start having whiskers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's happening to me early, like at 31. So, (laughs) you know. 
Oh, well. Yeah. So another thing that's obviously like we're in a time where like we have to decide if we want to have kids or not. We talk about this every week. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty much I, no. Christina I'm goes yes. one week and no the other. Now I'm kind of a no now. Oh, wow. Yeah. You were really, she held a baby a couple weeks yeah, ago. So like, she was really, a really a hard yes. But yes, now it's, hard, hard yes. Now it's changed. And yes. then Casey let me hold her baby again. <laughs> okay. And then I was like, still hard yes. And then. Because we, we have a lot of friends who just had babies, especially because right. it's like New York City. People kind of like wait. Oh, until 40 to do it basically yeah, especially right. in like comedians and stuff yeah. so you held the baby again and then the baby was mean no, to you I, no, no the baby was dope I, I, I still <laughs> liked it but I held the baby maybe like a week ago was the last time I held the baby and um, she's my neighbor who's our colleague uh, who has who just had a baby uh, yeah I don't know I'm just too there's so much I need to work on in myself that I see so glaring that I'm like I can't well, that's kind of my question to you. Like, so did you, what was the process that like, did you think, were you always going to have kids? Did you think a lot about it? Did it depend on who you met? Like, I think, I just think that like people kind of just go, I'm going to get married and have kids. And they don't so actually think, they, they don't think to. about right. it. So like, what was the process for you? If there was one. Exactly. Ex- what you exactly what you said. You just did it. You just, we're yeah. going to get married and have kids. Like we never think about it. lived yeah. in Oklahoma city. Yeah. There, this whole thing that your generation is going through as women, I think is so awesome where you're pausing and right. you're planning and you're thinking, do I want to have kids? Yeah. Do I not want to have kids? Do I like somebody enough to have kids? Do I want to go right. shop for sperm at a sperm bank? I think it is so liberating. And Thank I think you. it is so awesome for us. It was just, it was Time. Just what expected. What, yes. You don't even think about from it. From an yeah. atheist family and from a Southern Baptist right. family. Right. It was just a cultural thing. Like I graduated from high school in 92 and I knew that I knew sometime within 10 years, 10 to 12 years, I knew I would have a, a kid. Right. Huh. I just knew that that there wasn't that process that your generation is going through. Right. And I think it's really cool that mm-hmm. you all are doing that. And I think People embracing women that don't have kids that choose not to is super important. Yeah. Because, you know, nobody thinks anything about a man that doesn't have kids. That's right. Not a guy. You never hear the phrase working dad. Never. never. Right. So never. I never think it's so- really cool that you all are thinking, but I would say this, don't, don't make the decision right now. Just yeah. live your life and just know that you don't want a kid this second. Yeah. You right. might meet some hot ass guy and you're like, I totally like his genetics. Yeah. Right. I think it's great DNA. I'm totally having a kid with this guy. Yeah. And then you might just date loser after loser and you know, like pumps and I have <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and have a kid with them anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's Tale interesting. As old as time. Cause I think it's like a, a lot of people think it's like this flippant feminist decision to not have kids. And I was like, I, she knew since she was I born. have spent more time thinking about whether or not or not to have children than pretty much anyone I know who has children. And I can like ease, like I've thought about it so much from every angle, from a, like a contribution to the world angle, all the way down to like a day to day. When I look at the clock, I would have to be driving someone to school right now. Would that make me want to take my own life? You know, <laughs> right? I mean, like I from the nitty gritty to the big picture, I've thought about. I mean, COVID was a great time to just. And I know Nikki Glazer actually had talked about that. Like she literally sat through COVID, and she was like, and she spent a lot of that time thinking, like, do I want kids or not? <sighs> when you're on the fence, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I guess you just either do it or you don't. I don't know. I I don't even know how. How do you even know? 
That's like, you know, like you have to, if you give yourself too many options, it's like, well, now right. I'm not, I, right. it's decision overload, right? Or like a choice overload. I, I, what is a good reason? I don't know. I don't know. I think I would be good at raising a child because I understand that you just like help them be themselves and like yes. just, and right. be there for them. And obviously, you know, inject your adult, um, you know, how to be responsible and safe with yourself. But other than that, I'm like, I don't know what the, what makes a good yes and what makes a good no. I don't know. It's really hard. It's hard. Yeah. Being a mother is really hard. Yeah. yeah. And nobody tells you about this, but it's very lonely. Yeah. Really? Early, yes. It is lonely. Yes. You feel a loneliness. Cause like right now, cause you're on your phone, you. you're texting your friends, you're doing stuff. And you think if you're single and childless, you would be lonely. Mm-hmm. Having this little baby at home mm. and it's solely dependent upon you and you're the only person that loves it as much you're more than any other person. Right. There's something. Didn't you feel lonely? Yes. I wow. felt this lonely isolation. And my uh, my nephew, his wife just had a baby and I asked her and the baby's about a year old now. I said, those first six, eight months, did you feel lonely? And she goes, yes. Wow. Nobody says that. Right. And there is, it's wonderful. Right. But at the same time, I think it's important to change the conversations about childhood so that women know it's the best thing that happened to you. Right. And the worst at the exact mm, same time. Right. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Both yeah. of those things are true. You know, some people have such a hard time holding on to compound thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> Two different yeah, feelings at the same time. And motherhood is that. Right. Wonderful and awful. Yeah. All at the same time. Yeah. We've definitely had a lot of really interesting discussions about like postpartum on the show and how I think out of that discussion, we were talking about like after the baby comes out of the woman, everyone's just so obsessed with the baby and no one gives a shit to ask. Right. You know, of course, the, how are you feeling? Yes. But like. So I, I went to see my friend Daria, who has a beautiful baby, and I went. I was going to give her all these gifts. I'm like, I didn't give anything for the baby. I just got stuff for her. I got her That's a dress. A I got her idea. like a like a cute knit dress. I'm like, I just want to shower you with gifts because I feel like no one like the mom should be taken care of by everybody around her after she gives birth. I imagine that that's got to be a wild mind fuck. Yeah, that's so thoughtful. That really, yeah. I mean, that's the perfect. Thing. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, wh- how can we change the way we treat like new mothers and stuff? I'm like, right. oh, that's one way. It's like get gifts for the mom, not the yeah. not the kid. The kid's fine. The kids has too many dresses. Yeah, no, I know. My mom, my mom was like, when my best friend had a, a baby, she was like, you know, anytime you guys hang out, she's like, don't just go over there because you want to like see the baby too. She was like, let yeah. Paula come to the city, you know? Right, oh, let her right. Have some time. Time. Yeah, come out. She like probably wants to get out of the house because anytime you talk to a, a new mother, they're, they seem very eager to speak because they want to speak to another adult. That's right. true. That's you so know? true. Yeah. Not like a kid. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's just very, yeah. Very it's all, yeah. It's fascinating. What I, are the things that, the things that you've learned most from being a mother? Or like that, that are valuable that you were able to integrate into your own life outside. Of, I mean, you're always a mom, but like as your kids grow up and you, they don't need you as much on the day to day anymore. I think it, you know, I think the best thing that you can do with kids is let them be themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, like Angie was talking about her mother wants her to be sure. a certain way. And I, it's really easy to get into those trappings. Like my oldest son, he. He's 20. He goes to Syracuse. He's really progressive. He's super awesome. I'm really into clothes. And so is my husband. My son is like thrift shopper yeah. and he wears like these clothes that are like really baggy and some of them have holes in them. And it is so hard on Josh and me. And I know that sounds vapid <laughs> no, and I shallow it, I yeah. and yeah. I know it is, but I tell Josh all the time, <laughs> we have to let him do this. Yeah. He gets to go to the thrift store. He's doing it for like, he's like, I don't need to buy new clothes. There's all of these clothes that exist. I mean, he's doing it for like earnest 
That's environmental. That's yeah, really it's really it is cool. Good. Progressive, yeah. And so, you know, we'll go out. We go to Italy. We're on this bougie vacation. And I'm like, I just really kindly, I'm like, Dylan, can you wear a little bit more tailored clothing? He's like, I get it, mom. I get it. I'm not trying to intervene. Yeah. But you have this vision of what right. you want your young to be like, it, totally. they are an extension of you. And there's just some of that is in your DNA. It's yeah. tribal kind of like, mm. and I don't like that about me. I don't like that. I try to influence what he would wear yeah. in Italy because why he's 20. Yeah. He can wear what he wants to wear. He's a great kid. He makes good grades. He's in, you know, Newhouse school of journalism. I couldn't be prouder. Right. But it's, and so I think that's helped me like with other things, like just let everybody be themselves. Take what you want from people and leave, you know, leave the rest. I don't particularly like, you know, some of his fashion sense, but everybody at Syracuse dresses the exact same way. Why am I being a nut about it? (laughs) It's important for somebody, a young person, and they're especially like at 20 years old to like fit in and feel like and discover what their style is and express themselves through this. Like sometimes the joy of thrifting, like I used to thrift in high school and college was like finding, digging and digging yes. and digging and you find something, you're like, holy shit, Yahtzee, you know, and like kind of, yeah. Do you know what he did once just to troll me? <laughs> he went to the thrift store and then he got, he bought this shirt and he goes, oh mom, I got this shirt at the thrift store. You're going to love it. And he comes downstairs and it's like an it's American dirty. flag with a bald eagle. Oh, and it says, Jesus saves. And the yeah. eagle has like a cross. And I was like, oh, you <laughs> no, cannot wear that outside the house. Because mom, it's Oklahoma. I'll fit in fine. I can't right. wear this in Syracuse. Right. It's got a good sense of humor. <laughs> I thought it was pretty. He was like, it was a dollar. It was worth it for yeah. me. To you can wear you. that to Brooklyn, ironically. That would oh, be like yeah. a hit. Really that, like, a shirt oh, like that, that would be oh. a hit. That would yeah. be a hit. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. What have you learned, Angie, from motherhood? Got to wear it for your show tomorrow. You know, I learned that I... I, I'm a very selfish person by nature, but I really, I mean, like when, when you become a mom, you start thinking in terms of other, you know, of these children and you have to put their needs first. And so I was very scared in the beginning to let them fail. I wanted to fix everything. Mm. I didn't want them to fail. I didn't want them to ever have their feelings hurt. all that shit that they need. They have to have it. They have to have it. And so it's, like, it's okay to fail. It's how you fail that's important. It's how, getting back up that's important. Yeah. And so watching them do that as they get older and handle it gracefully is so nice. And I've also learned I really like to be by myself. <laughs> My older you two I've, leave for college <laughs> and they come home in the summer and I'm like, when are they going back? Yeah. <laughs> like, they're messy. Yeah. There's more laundry. Right. I don't have to go to the grocery store as also, much. Also, being the only person in the in physically in the house yes. is like that is imperative for your soul and your spirit to like you need to be the yes. only person in the fucking home. Isn't that weird? Like, there's a difference in somebody being home and being in a different oh, bedroom because you feel their energy, you, even if they're not talking to yes. you. Oh, you yeah. know but they're there. I, when like, they were ugh. little, they would I would take them to school and it would just take me an hour at my house to like regroup for the day because it's totally. I'm never in my house alone. Right. Right. Never by myself. Always have this thing going around. And so my daughter, she's, we're together every minute this summer. And I was just like, I told Jennifer, I can't wait. Yeah. It's going to be blissful. It's going to be it's so blissful. nice. I can get in bed and watch whatever I want. Yeah. It's going to be great. Awesome. No, that's like one of the one things that I was worried about with like having, can I, 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 I don't think I could have someone in the house for 18 years. Yeah. I, I don't think, I don't think it's possible. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. Yeah. Um, so we have to wrap, uh, but this has been amazing that I, I feel like I could talk to you guys for many more hours. Um, where, what would you like to promote? Where can we find you online? Where can we get more of you? Both. Okay. You can follow us at I've had it podcast on TikTok, Twitter, 
Instagram. That account is run by a millennial that knows how to properly yeah. run yes. an account. <laughs> yeah. it is an, those it's are a, a plus social feeds. Right. They are. For about a C minus social feed, <laughs> you can follow me at Ms. Welch, M-I-Z-Z-W-E-L-C-H. For a D minus possible <laughs> F, you can follow yeah. at Pumps, Pumps, Pumps. <laughs> I just got on it. The, you really the, I always the Instagram. Instagram. I just got on the Instagram. I just got on the Instagram less than a year ago, so I'm terrible okay. at all that. Yeah. But all our right. podcast socials are great. They right. are run the by people who know yes. how to do it, who know like to properly make a proper, you know, Instagram account or yeah. TikTok Amazing. or whatever. Yeah. Oh, That's perfect. Great. All right. And then are we doing, you have your, the segment. Oh, uh, we have to, uh, yeah. We talked for, uh, oh, they need to leave as the thing. Yeah. I, I was like, I got, got it, got it, got it. Okay. All right. Well then thank you so much for yeah. joining us. Thanks have a great show us. tonight so and fun. tomorrow. Thank Appreciate you. It. Yeah. Uh, this has been guys. We fucked the anti-slut shaming podcast. We'll talk to you next Friday. Guys We Fucked is presented by Luminary. Created and hosted by Corinne Fisher and Christina Hutchinson. Editing and music coordination by Mike Coscarelli. Theme song by Rob Patterson and Jake Kozen. Suck my wet ass pussy. <laughs> Christina said to cut that before, but now it's in there. Yeah, let's keep it. Who cares? Episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at betterhelp.com. That's betterhelp.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. 
Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.